Pokémon. And then after all of our friends... I think friends every time I'm there, I'm like, I'm back. I know. I'm and like, then the fun part yay. is, after all of our friends leave, it's just a Chana and Corey solo yes. trip to, in California, which we've never done before. Oh, my God. So it's going to be just like us getting drunk every day doing podcast shit. Literally. Like, we can go to the Queen Mary if we wanted to. How much does it cost to go to the Queen Mary? I think it's like 50 bucks for because it's a whole ghost tour. It's like a whole tour shit. thing. But I might be able to do that. I'm, yeah, I'm not. It could be less, but I'm not I just sure. Just less than fifty bucks. I hope it is. I hope it's like thirty. But, but it's so touristy. Little, yeah, thirty sounds a little low. Yeah, it's so touristy. So, but you know, we yeah. can look at my Groupon and shit, yeah, or like Craigslist. Well, let's start. Let's start. Hi, everybody. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Anyways, How's Your Sex Life? We are your slutty host. I'm Channa. I'm Corey. And we're here, everybody. It's episode thirty-seven. Jordan sneezing Jordan aggressively sneezing in the background. <laughs> That was a very aggressive yep. sneeze. Dang, <laughs> it's still is he going. okay? Oh my god. <laughs> He's okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> welcome everybody to episode 37. It's hey. going to be a good one. It's so- $31. Oh. <laughs> oh, we can totally do that. <laughs> we can totally do that. That's cheap as shit. Oh, that's a self-guided tour. That's even more fun. Yeah, why don't we just be a self-guided and get lost? Cuz then we could do podcast stuff. Yeah. Okay, we're doing that. Yeah. And it's just a Newport or yeah. uh, Long Beach, sorry. So we can do that. Uh-huh. Ooh, and there's a really yummy restaurant we can go to. Ooh, yummy restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, and Snoop Dogg's from Long Beach, so. He's from Long Beach? Yeah, yeah. Motherfucker. From just, so past 7th Street and Long Beach is like gangster territory. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So probably past yeah. 7th Street and Long Beach. Okay. Because <laughs> my, my mom lived on like, I think, 2nd or 3rd, and it was like getting there. Like, if she, whenever she walked to like, one like because albertson's was on fifth street or something like that and then she walked past albertson's she was like oh god she's like i need to go back home immediately <laughs> she's like run uh-huh <laughs> and then she moved to huntington beach which is like this the safest place on the planet yeah the safest little place yeah oh so i'm super excited okay so we're here we're here on the yeah, podcast. We're here. We're podcast hello everybody <laughs> welcome to episode 37 it's gonna be a good fucking episode yeah i'm excited i I'm, love my shit i'm feeling it i have been drinking since about 4 p.m damn it's midnight. We had <laughs> shots of sex on the beach. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've had multiple glasses of wine. Before Corey got here, I had two or three shots of sex on the beach. Damn. But it hits you fast, but it goes away fast. It, it, that's so weird. Why? What the C- fuck? It's a lot of liquor. It's so weird. Like, yeah, like, I felt, like, drunk a while ago. Uh-huh. We just listened to this. I'm like... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the demon voice. Yes. Well, let's just jump straight into this. So I, the only announcement I have is the same announcement I've had for like 10 episodes. The best announcement. Patreon. Patreon. We have Patreon, everybody. And right now we have Patreon. Well, we've been releasing Patreon stuff for the past two months. Yes. So it's it's starting to get worth it. Because <laughs> when you start, yeah, bitch. if you pay for Patreon, you're getting a bunch of extra stuff. 
Yeah, and so. I think even if you pay for it for one month, you have access to all of it for that one month. Uh huh. Yeah. Exactly. So it's. I mean, if you're a demon daddy. Oh yeah, daddy. Yeah. Sorry, I have something stuck in my wisdom <laughs> holes. <laughs> Ew, your wisdom holes. Oh, I hate your wisdom holes. What is that? I think it's a carrot. Yeah. <laughs> wisdom a, holes are. I disgusting. ate carrots during lunch, and a carrot just came out of my wisdom hole. Yep, a carrot full of bacteria. How does that work out? Because it's a wisdom hole. I guess because your body pushes out like a foreign objects, Ew. so my body's pushing out my carrot sticks. Yeah, from your wisdom hole. Oh dear God! All right, <laughs> so that's my announcement today. Wisdom holes, Patreon. You can you can access our Patreon through our Instagram. Yes, it's, it's that's the link in our bio, right? Uh-huh. That's what you say. Uh huh. Um and that's pretty much how you do it or you can literally type in <laughs> anyways how's your sex life in google search and then just space and the word patreon yeah and our instagram is at anyways how's your sex life our facebook and twitter is ahysl podcast so that's, that's very easy that. to find just literally type in our podcast name into google and you can find us and uh, yeah look at our patreon even if you don't want to join patreon just check it out just to see what you're missing out on because yeah. there's really cool shit there we have a lot of really cool ideas for pa- for future Patreon episodes, yeah. like we're really planning on making it like a full blown experience for you guys. Yeah, like if you went and like paid, is it seven dollars to be a demon daddy? Yeah, if you yeah. paid seven dollars for one month to be a demon daddy, you would have access to free two free whole length episodes. Yeah, two free case files, which is like forty five minutes each, and then two free uh, shoot the shit episodes, which is forty five minutes each, and, and then, then cutting room floor. cutting room floors, which yeah. is past episodes and just like parts from past episodes. And there's, it's only going to grow. And like we said, like we have a lot of fun ideas because yeah. there's a lot of fun shit we can do here with this yeah, podcast. Yeah, videos will be put on eventually, but that's just like in the future. Yeah. One day we'll have a YouTube channel, yeah, motherfuckers. Bitch. I mean, we do. We do have a YouTube channel. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's literally nothing on it. We have a subscriber, though. We got we a subscriber do? this week. Yes, bitch. <laughs> I like got a notification, and I was like, what? You're the best. And I was like, we haven't posted anything yet. You're the fucking best. Yeah, so we should probably take advantage of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into my fag fact. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it. my fag fact today is on the Women's Auxiliary Air Force. Oh. Yeah, isn't this fun? This is sounds it's very It's super feminism. cute and super fun and badass. Okay, so... What is the Women's Auxiliary Air Force? So, it was the female auxiliary of the Air Royal Air Force during World War II that was established in 1939. So, at its peak strength in 1943, the WAAF, which I will just say it now, it's the WAAF. Okay. Um, they exceeded, exceeded uh, 180,000 with over 2,000 women enlisting per week. That's Sorry, crazy. repeat that for what? So, so at in 1943, at its peak, like service or just like peak uh, people. I don't know what to say right now. Okay. Sorry, a little drunk. Um, <laughs> the numbers exceeded 180,000. At its peak. At its peak. That's with crazy. With over 2,000 women enlisting per week. Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Um, just to know on the side, the Air Force nurses belong to Princess Mary's Royal Air Force Nursing Service in the, instead of this Women's Auxiliary Air Force. Um, and then also female medical and dental officers were in, in the Royal Air Force and, and held RAF Royal Air Force ranks. So those people, even though they were women and they were in the Air Force, they were not protect, or particularly a part of the WAAF. They okay. were considered like parts of the RAF. Um, so on, on 
top of that, just like a sad little note and just like, you know, to get your feminist titties going. Oh, they're going. Um, the WAAFs were paid two thirds the pay of male counterparts. Oh, what my. Even though they died for God. the country. They were paid two thirds. I feel that on a spiritual feminism level. Yeah. That's infuriating. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Fuck. This is how it goes, I guess. Fuck that. That I mean, is the reason why feminism response, exists. That's how it was. Okay, so um, for let's get into the history of the women's, uh, you know, the WAAF, okay? okay. So <laughs> uh, unbeknownst to most people and me before I started this, <laughs> <laughs> there was a women's royal air force that existed from 1918 to 1920, which is a little interesting okay. because World War I w- ended in 1918. Mm. So from 1914 to 1918. Um, so that's a little weird. Maybe they were just there to like restockpile and yeah. rebuild the air force. Keep and just, the momentum going. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just well, help like the military rebuild itself. They need the bodies. Um, so when conscription of women did not begin until 1941, however, even though the, even though the women's auxiliary air force was created in 1939, I don't know the exact reason for this. I think it's because when they created it, they sort of like conscripted other women that were in the Royal air force that were doing like other jobs in the air force, not actually flying though. They took them into the women's auxiliary air force. And so that leads me to my next comment is that, the WAFs did not serve as air crew. They were not actual like pilots okay. in combat. However, they did use women pilots um, in the air transport auxiliary, the ATA, which was tra- to transport civilians. So they would never use as like war pilots, but just like transporting. Pilots. Exactly. Like they were. Yeah. However, they would be used in military stuff as they would. Um, I'm gonna, this is actually a list from Wiki. So they were active in parachute packing and the crewing of barrage balloons. In addition to performing catering, meteorology, radar, aircraft maintenance, transport communications, uh, communication, other communications duties, uh, wireless tele, telephonic and telegraphic operations. Um, they also worked on codes and ciphers and anal- analyzed reconnaissance photographs and performed intelligence operations. So they did all the behind the, the scenes stuff. They just weren't actually on the battlefield, like shooting down people in like aircraft. Okay. So they did like all the work, but everyone else got the credit for it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cause like men need the credit. They just do. That sounds like something. That sounds like the world that we still live in. That sounds like today. yeah, exactly how we still work. <laughs> well, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. <laughs> we just have Twitter now. I'm fine, <laughs> I, and we have podcasts now. We have podcasts now. Where you guys are forced to listen to my voice, even though if you tune me out and only listen to Corey, yeah, I'm still here. I get all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, so you know, you know Corey's podcast that yeah. he single handedly. That's what I tell people. I'm like, so I have this podcast. It's like mostly me, but there's also this other person that talks but like she has boobs but it's me though <laughs> but like it she's there but it's me yeah 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 <laughs> yeah like all the patreon money i get two-thirds of it and she gets one <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that's a hundred percent a lie <laughs> oh my god <laughs> okay so um most important thing here though is that the WAFs were a vital presence in the control of aircraft both in radar stations and icon- iconically as plotters and operation rooms most notably during the battle of britain okay so the battle of britain i went into like my put on my world war ii hat (laughs) (laughs) i grew like 30 years and now i'm straight we're historians yeah i'm historians i am more time historians now world war ii is a is a interesting it's probably one of the most interesting wars to research oh yeah 
And, and people like that's their entire life. Like that's their hobby is they like research wars. Yeah, and just World War Two. Fun. Yeah, yeah. World War Two is like there's so much there. Yeah. So I don't know this exactly, and I, I I went over it like a day ago, so I don't know exactly what's going on here. We are we aren't crazy historians. I mean, we sort of are, but we're not. We are, but um, we're not. But let's let me explain really quickly what the Battle of Britain was. Okay, so the Battle of Britain is you have the Lufthansa, but that's that's I know that's the German airline. That's not the actual German Luftwaffe. Uh, Luftwaffe. We've decided it's called a Luftwaffe because it's like Luftwaffe or Waffe. Uh, Sounds like I don't waffle. know. Um, I took four years of German, but then I learned Spanish, so I forgot German. <laughs> I took um, zero years of German, and I'm telling you it's Luftwaffe. Okay, it's Luftwaffels. <laughs> so we had the Luftwaffels Thank you. fighting the uh, Royal Air Force. Uh, basically, the Battle of Britain was when the Germany sort of focused on Britain after France and then just had that total air, like the, the air raids and the bombings and the airstrikes. That we get, that's where we get the like blitz uh, that happened where okay. they just bombed East uh, Ger- East London stuff like that. I don't know <laughs> if, if that's exactly the same connection, but they had like multiple. There were like months of raids where they and that's like where the Blitz comes from is where the Luftwaffels came over and just bombed London. But at the same time, it ended up being a failure on the German side because even though there was some raids and stuff like that, so it actually might not have bombed East London at that time. I don't really remember. We're not historians <laughs> again. Let me tell you this right now. Anything we're I talking about history. I think that's what history, the Blitz is, but I don't really know. Every time I say Blitz, I'm only hearing the song Ballroom Blitz. <laughs> I just think so of like, the, the of the League of Legends champion called Blitzkrieg. He's a robot. Damn. Okay, we're like losing our historian <laughs> credentials by the second oh my god but there was a war okay and uh, we're here now every battle i'm sorry guys okay so anyways like if you ask me about horror i can go off for an hour but or five but but goddamn war history we're getting but i forget exactly when east london was bombed during world war ii my history teacher is shaking in her i believe it it, i know for sure it's during this battle of britain because it spans multiple months but i think that's what the blitz is i forget okay um anyways moving on so overall, as I said before, this is a German like failure because of mostly the women you could attribute them to because the women in the WAAF, the Women's Auxiliary Air Force, were behind the scenes operating all this control and intelligence and breaking codes and ciphers and like analyzing photos and shit like that. And they were like able to help uh, officers in the Royal Air Force uh, combat the German. And it literally like they go like in on their like wikipedia site and shit like that it's like they are known for this cool. is like saving london during this time they're like women are important yeah believe it or not everybody so um by the end of the world war ii um the waf uh like enrollment declined of course um and uh basically eventually in on february 1st of 1949 it then turned into the women's royal air force so they actually got an actual air force cool. in 1949 after world war ii so, um, why am I talking about this during all this gay shit? Because lots of lesbian stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's inevitable. Yeah, so we're getting, <laughs> yeah, Le- so we're yeah. getting into this. In the early 1940s, a Women's Auxiliary Air Force report um, uh, sort of went through um, because everybody was like, okay, what's going on here? And You're tripping, they, And scissoring. it was literally specifically questioned lesbianism that was in the Women's Royal Air Force. And then they came to the conclusion this is an actual quote from the report. Naturally, it is a vice that is going to be impossible to keep out of the WAAF altogether. Oh, my altogether. God. <laughs> They're all, like, putting strap-ons on and fucking each other. 
Hell yeah. They're like violently eating each other out. Uh-huh. You know what? This There's is awesome. also a famous uh, story um, that is semi-legend, semi-not-legend, where uh, basically uh, because what's his name uh eisenhower general eisenhower this is i think this is dwight d eisenhower before he actually came president <laughs> again okay. we again. are this, this this so- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i don't even know i would like to personally apologize to my history teacher mrs wade <laughs> from newbury park california i'm sorry if you again, listen to this <laughs> i think it might be um I think it might be General Eisenhower because he <laughs> might have been a World War II vet. I'm pretty damn sure he was a World War II vet. I think you're right. Um, we We're are not. So ta- we are talking about, however, this is the Royal Air Force. This is not America. Believe it or not. But the but America also gave their Air Force troops to be like overseen by the Royal Air Force, so they could just help. So I believe this is actual General Eisenhower, like Dwight D. Eisenhower going up to a sergeant her name was Joni Phelps and uh literally went up to him and her and was like hey we need to weed out the lesbians from her regiment and when when he greeted her she replied that she would be the first on the list oh, oh she was sick. like bitch if you're gonna like weed us out like i'm the first on the list she, then kick us out i lick that puss yeah bitch. yeah she was like i want to lick that puss 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 i want to i want to <laughs> lick 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 <laughs> that click 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 <laughs> yeah when i say puss clit's way better <laughs> Because um, you're gay, Corey. Yeah, right. You don't think about clits. <laughs> <laughs> what are clits? <laughs> what are clits? It's the pleasure button of the pussy. We're still on faggot fact. We're so, we're almost done. It's 1240. I'm, I'm almost just done. We're okay. fucked. So um, basically, also another little, like, last little tidbit I'm going to talk about is that there is a, like, there are these war- these diaries that uh, people note in the couple articles I was listening or looking at from the Women's Auxiliary Air Force. And one of them is literally just like this woman's love letter, uh, just like her talking in her diary oh about God. being in the WAAF and how it is. She, she literally writes, it's an intoxicating mix of danger, lipstick, and tomboy haircuts. <gasps> and she just loves being in it and loves being a fucking lesbian and loves saving her country yes. and just being awesome and just like fucking cool. Yes, and It's queen. like so awesome. It's cute. Um, there's also another thing that I won't go into, but it's something called the Flying Nightingales. It's basically when the WAAF took the nurse or- orderlies from just like nurses and also took them from uh, the A Royal Air Force. And fucked them. And then basically <laughs> fucked them senseless as they went to a battle, the Normandy battlefields and oh. then saved bunches of soldiers from the Battle of Normandy. And then fucked each other in front of those soldiers to and help them recover Yeah, faster. and then they got so turned on, they started fucking each other and it was just like a big homosexual orgy. Oh my God, yes. I love World War II. Yeah, World War II, homosexual orgy. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many offended. There is. <laughs> I am offended by us, but for saying that, I am offended for us and. Hey, by there us. were gay people. No, there's actually, you know, actually that that main article that I just that I just talked about where are the before the nightingales where they were talking about the wartime diaries that i was talking about yeah yeah there were actually like many situations where where men had to bunker up and and like sleep two like two by two in the same bed and same cots because there wasn't enough like stuff available and they said it was just like a very like very rampant environment for homosexuality and you could easily like they would fall in love with each other because 
And it was just almost accepted because you couldn't even tell because people had to bunk together and just sleep together and like in little cots and you would have to be with your buddy and stuff like that. Mm, okay. And so it was just like a lot of gay men. It was like a lot of gay men and women talking about like, oh my gosh, it was like, like homosexuality, homosexuality was so rampant, but the times were so dire that it was almost just like overlooked at points. Yeah. Cause they're like the bigger fish to fry yeah. right now of the gays. That's not like, that's like a probably more like uh specific examples and not a sweeping example i'm sure homosexuality was looked down upon of course yeah. but in times of like dire need like that like people would just be like whatever like whatever yeah. yeah when there's like bombs being thrown at you and like you're giving your your cot buddy a yeah. handy oh but no it was also when they would like out. come home or just be on leave and they would just have to bunk together and stay yeah it was just like i didn't really read deep into it so we don't need to go into it but yeah interesting yeah lesbianism so yeah world war Two, gay as fuck gay as fuck <laughs> colon gay as fuck i'm, I'm sorry <laughs> To every person that's offended by that statement, like myself. Queer as fuck. But it's gay as fuck. <laughs> okay, spooky scoop time, because somehow we've been talking for an hour. What? So my spooky scoop is a PSA today. Yes. Because it's summer. Yes. It is the, it's mid-July. It is getting hot as shit. Yeah. Wherever you are Your right now, are if, if you're, I guess not wherever, because like Australia, it's winter. So. True. It's hot some places right now. It's hot in all of the northern hemisphere. Yeah, if you're in the northern hemisphere, it's hot. If you're in the southern hemisphere, it's not hot. So this is a PSA yeah. specifically for anyone in the northern hemisphere, <laughs> I guess. This is getting very specific. So don't leave your fucking animals or kids in a car yes. during summer, you goddamn <gasps> asshole. Oh, my God. Did you hear about the man in New York today? The twins? Yeah, that's the whole reason I'm doing this goddamn spooky scoop. I think I like audibly gasped alone in the warehouse when I read that. Yeah. So to give you guys some background. So I open up Facebook today, do my own thing. And on Facebook, I am part of a lot of true crime and like ID channel communities and stuff. And all over my Facebook was how a Brooklyn man simply forgot about his twin daughters in his car. He like parked in a parking garage, went to work for eight hours and then returned back to his car only to find the bodies of his two infant daughters because he completely forgot that they were like there. Like eighth month old, right? Yeah, they were like a couple months old. Yeah. yeah, it was an accident. Like no one's trying to, I mean, people are trying to blame him. People are trying to defend him, blah, blah, blah. No, that makes sense. You're like overworked. You're stressed out. Yeah. It, you just forget. It was an accident. But it's just it's just horrible. It's so horrific when yeah. these things happen. So that inspired me today to do my spooky scoop about temperatures and cars yeah, and all that stuff for kitties and doggies. Exactly and about humans. anybody, any Humies. any living <laughs> creature inside a car yeah. will die. Yeah. If you Except for spiders, fuck. Just throw spiders in your car and then leave them there and light it on fire while you're at it. <laughs> so the temperature inside your inside car you. can rise almost twenty degrees Fahrenheit in ten minutes. Jesus. In twenty minutes, it can rise about thirty degrees. And the longer you wait, the it goes for example at 60 minutes the temperature in your car is more than 40 degrees higher than the outside temperature so even on a 70 degree day so 70 degrees so that means it's like may here in utah that's 110 degrees inside your vehicle i actually have like a whole chart here that kind of explains it so let's say it's 70 degrees so it's like total standard spring or fall weather so at 10 minutes it's inside of your vehicle Will be, clo- will be about 89 degrees. So that's almost 20 degrees Damn. more. In 20 minutes, you're looking at 99 degrees. 
and 30 minutes, you're looking at 104. 40 minutes, 108. 50 minutes, 111. 60 minutes, 113. An hour or more, 115. Again, that is if the outside temperature is 70 degrees. So let's jump up to what the temperature was today, 95 degrees. So at 95 degrees today, July 28th, leaving someone inside, or sorry, the inside of your car after 10 minutes is 114 degrees. Damn. After just 10 minutes. After 20, 124. After 30, 129. After 40, 133. After 50, 136. After 60, 138. In over an hour, it's just going to go up 140 and plus. That's at 95 degrees. So on average, about 38 children under the age of 15 die each year after being left in cars. So the body's natural cooling method, such as sweating, begins to shut down once the core body temperature reaches 104 degrees. So death can occur at 107 degrees. So, for example, like today it was 95 degrees. So after 10 minutes, your car gets up to 114 degrees. So let's say like between like 15 and 20 minutes, your body's in panic mode. Like your body is beginning to shut down after only being in a car for, let's say, 15 minutes. So far in 2019, 21 kids have died in the United States from being left in a car. And 96 Damn. dogs have died in 2019 96. so far. 96. So cracking a window, it doesn't do shit pretty much. People are like, I cracked a window. Whatever. That might lower the temperature by a degree. But that's still, it's a death sentence. So if you have a child or a pet, do them a fucking favor and take them inside with you or get a sitter and leave them at home because leaving an animal or a human being inside of a car for more than five or 10 minutes is causing them bodily harm. Whether that is killing them or causing them significant damage, it's hurting them and you are the fucking problem. And today like, and it, it does happen on accident, and I do understand that, and I'm not trying to say, like, you're a murderer if you do it on accident, because accidents happen, but still, like, it's all about being aware, is, like, understand, be aware of if you're leaving your animal or children in the car, be aware if you are, if even if you need to run into the pharmacy to pick up a prescription, and you're leaving your dog in your car, that could kill your dog, that could kill your kid, just just be aware and understand it. It's just not worth leaving people in the car. Yeah. They can die. People don't even really think about it, but they can die. That's why I'm so for like whenever you see the social media videos of people like shattering the window to help the dog get out, or the kid get out. And you always see the, the kid or the dog like crawling out of the car because they're so desperate for air air and for <laughs> like for cool, for cool air. Yeah. And it's so like horrific to me. And it's scary. And like, I watched a couple of videos for example, like a human, Jordan and I talked about it today because he watched the same video where he was in Arizona and Arizona's hot as Satan's ball sack here. Uh. And he sat in the car for like 10 or 15 minutes, like how you would leave your kid or your dog. And, you know, the whole thing was like videotaped and he felt like his body was dying because his body was dying because he literally was dying. His body was shutting down. Damn. So just get get people out of your goddamn car it's not worth it if it's summertime it's not worth leaving people in the car yeah. also put booties on your dog yeah other psa yeah you need i think if you can't hint if you can't put your palm on the sidewalk and hold it for 10 seconds your then dog you can't, can't walk your dog or like five seconds i think something like that yeah I don't know. yeah don't walk your dog or get on little booties get on little booties that's my psa it's a big animals rights psa yeah when i read that i was like that poor man just like really like he wasn't 
trying to do anything bad. Yeah, he didn't even like. But he just totally forgot. Remember leaving, but like, is which know. is crazy. But that's that's the whole other question. How could you forget? But I, if you have I can't two twin, if you have here. twin newborns, you're obviously not sweet sleeping. Yeah, you have to get up. You're stressed as fuck. We live in America, so you don't get leave. Yeah. So you have to go to work. And, and maybe they fell asleep in the car, bed. so he didn't even hear them. Yeah. So it's like he just rushed into work. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's it's hard. It's I feel so sorry for him. I feel so sorry for the mother. I feel so sorry for the kids. Yeah. And like, and I do understand also the other side of it. I do understand the anger towards him. It's like, I understand both sides of the situation. And that's what's so hard is like, it's like he's not totally cleared of any wrongdoing, but it's also not his fault. Like he's, it's really the gray area yeah. for situations like that. It's just a shitty accident. But there are people that do purposefully leave their kids or dogs in the car because they're gonna run in and go grocery shopping really quick, or or run in to talk to the doctor or something like that. And it's, you know, it's like the people who purposefully leave their animals or children inside the car and die when they knew that they could die. It's just unreal to me yeah it's so sad figure it out leave him at home take him inside <laughs> figure it out take him inside don't have children or but you should always have pets just no adopt pets just adopt dogs yep. and take them inside with you <laughs> okay let's jump into your segment because yeah, we, we gotta get through supernatural this segment let's do it okay so mine today is on the grove in jefferson texas Ooh. It is considered Texas' most haunted location. I'm Ooh. sure there's at least 10 most haunted locations in Texas. Cool, Corey. Yeah. So um, this is this is called The Grove. It's not a grove, but it's just a name given to a haunted house that is in Jefferson, Texas. Okay. okay. So let's get into some history. The history is a little lengthy, but it's a little bit interesting, and there's like little spooky tidbits to it, and then we'll get into the actual happenings and then hauntings that go on in the place. So in 1841, the land was originally given to Daniel and Lucy Alley, who were the co-founders of Jefferson. Um, I don't think they were just, it was just them two, but they were just like co-founders of Jefferson, Texas. Jefferson, Texas um, was uh, named after uh, Thomas Jefferson, of course. Okay. Okay. So on June 9th of 1847, Amos Morrill, a lawyer, and the first federal judge of Texas purchased the property and built a log cabin there where he lived while staying in Jefferson while traveling to like, you know, when he would like, he basically got the, bought the land, built a log cabin on it. And then would, uh, he built that log cabin just so if he needed to visit Jefferson, Texas to do his judge duties, he would live there. Okay. So, um, quick little tidbit there. I swallowed a gnat. That was disgusting. Ew, that's what I did. I didn't swallow it. I just got, I just inhaled it on my tongue. Yeah. I did have less episode. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Gnats. Okay. So, during the time that he owned the house there and owned the land, uh, he was actually called to Jefferson to represent a girl named Harriet uh, Potter um, and claiming Harry the rights. Potter? Harry Potter? Harry. Are you fucking kidding me? Her <laughs> name was Harry Potter. It's Harriet Potter. So, tomato, tomato. Harry Potter. <laughs> he was defending the wizard, Harry Potter. He was Dumbledore. Oh, my God. Um, the he, story's got like 10 times cooler. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, oh, my. With His name is. What was that? I don't know, but wizards <laughs> are real. If that's not his name is Amos. This is the most wizard. This is Harry Potter. This is this is Harry Potter. J.K. Rowling is touching her nipples as we speak. <laughs> so, um, so uh, she was claiming the rights to her husband's estate after he died, and he went there to represent her and defend her, to, so that he she would have rights to 
the estate and own it, I believe. I think that's what was going on. Okay. But basically, this was the first case for women's rights in Texas. Oh. So, yeah, that's a little feminist. It was the first and last case for women's (laughs) rights in Texas. (laughs) Teacher. And also, and and LGBT. (laughs) The LGBT community. That was the first and last (laughs) case for anything other than a straight white male, (laughs) Christian male. (laughs) Moving on. Um, Amos Morrill then sold the property to this person named Caleb Reagan and his wife Sarah on March 20th, 1855. Then in 1861, uh, Frank Stilley and Minerva Fox, who is Stilley's wife, purchased the land and built a house there called The Grove. So this is where this is. And now just forget everything I said except for just that last little tidbit. Okay. <laughs> so there's Frank Stilley and Minerva Fox. They purchased the land and built the house there called The Grove in 1861. Okay. Okay. So, they lived there for nine years. Basically, didn't didn't encounter anything crazy or weird. Um, and then in 1870, a flood destroyed Frank's uh, cotton brokering business. That was like his livelihood, and he was pretty. I think he was pretty rich for it too. Okay. Um. So in 1870, the flood destroyed that, and then mostly, not all the way though. And then over the next few years, he rebuilt his company. But then in 1875, the government removed the Great Raft from the Red River. I will tell you what the Great Raft is. It's actually pretty interesting. Um, dropping the water level so low that ships could not use the river, the Red River, pretty much choking Frank's business, leading another seven years of financial struggle. So he literally like. Flood happens, rebuilds his cotton and industry, then hap- and then more shit, shit more more shit more happens shit happen. three years later, and then seven within the next seven years, he's just basically struggling for the next decade. God, start a then are at hard. the end of that decade, almost in 1879, Minerva Fox Stilly dies. Oh, after like ten years of financial struggle, um, when she's then buried in Jefferson, Texas, in a in a cemetery. Um, Frank moves uh, west and settles in Weatherford, Texas. Okay? okay. And then he just puts the place up for sale. So let's go back to what is the Great Raft? What the fuck did I mean when I said Great Raft when the government got rid of it? So this is actually sort of really interesting. This is totally side note, but I'm going to say it really quickly. So the Great Raft was basically, it just literally is a gigantic log jam in oh. a river. But this one is so big that it, it in, in North America... This is just so big all over the world. It's the biggest one I think in the world, um, because it at its at its like biggest at its largest that ha- was recorded by humans. It's 165 miles long. Jesus Christ! Like literally, y'all. This is just a natural dam of logs and debris in a river just building up over time. Man, those poor beavers are working so hard. Or or they're just like fucking jacking off. That's they're like, true. oh my God. They're doing both. <laughs> they're like, this is the best. Working hard and then jacking off. Yeah. yeah. Because they're patching the holes. Because it's, it's yes. a natural dam. Or jacking hard and working off. Oh my Damn. God. Go beavers. <laughs> oh. All the beavers are like. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah. <laughs> just slapping their little flat tails together. Yes. <laughs> Wow, okay. we just made beaver porn. Yeah, we just made beaver porn, y'all. On Wait, this podcast. isn't beaver slang for vagina? <laughs> <laughs> we just, you just have the most butch ass lesbian beavers, just like <laughs> yes, like at the great at the great raft, more oh. like the great cliff, oh. the great clit, yes, and the red river. Damn, that stands for period play. Stands for period play. Shit, 
This isn't porno. This is a damn ass porno. All I know is your entire spooky segment is about porn. Yeah, all I know is that the history of this of the Grove it's is porn. just lesbian porn. It's just lesbian porn. <laughs> okay. So um, now let's get a teeny bit serious. We're going to talk about Native Americans for a okay, second. Okay, yeah. We got to get serious. <laughs> okay. Um, so again, as I said, it, at, it largest, at its largest, it was 165 miles long. The Native Americans in the area, in area, the Caddo tribe, they believed they believed uh, that it formed around the 12th century, um, and it even became a part of the mythology of this tribe as it protected them from competing competing tribes, and then also caused flooding that would make their land more fertile for okay. agriculture. So yeah, uh, that's just really cool because that'd be like really cool. Just imagine you're just a Native American, and you know you know, 100, 1,112 AD or Chana, was it CE? Chana era? Oh, wait, what was that? It's we AD, did... AD, right? Because it? it's supposed to be before common era or it's CE for common era and then before common era. That's like the correct yeah, way to say it. Yeah, but we came it, up with something creative. Chana era, right? Was it Chana era? I think it's just the Chana era. I don't remember. We're not that creative. It was like two <laughs> podcast episodes ago and someone yeah. I already forgot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, someone right now is screaming at us when it is. You're so like, thank ah! you, listener. I think it might have been the Patreon episode too. Oh, fuck. Then yeah, really there's like only a few episode. people. I don't remember anymore. But yeah, um, just th- just imagine that you just like walk up on this like on the river and you see this like a hundred mile long just like natural barrier of logs in a river. It'd just be so crazy. So anyways... Um, in 1873, the government basically comes and gets rid of all those. And that just like, you know, creates a big diversion in the way that the water goes. I think it mostly goes down to the Mississippi now because they got rid of it. But then it also made the water level crazy low in surrounding rivers because they won't build up anymore. Um, it actually took them three years to get rid of this blockade. What was like the reasoning behind to get like behind the whole movement to get rid of the blockade? Oh, I don't know. I didn't go into it. It was just the Army Corps, Army Corps of Engineers. Um, okay. like they deal with like you know all our natural parks and shit like that. Yeah. Um, I guess they must. Have I think like they were just trying to get more water to go to the Mississippi River. I believe I looked over it very quickly because that was like a hole in this hole that I'm already in. Yeah. 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 And then um, so I was like, I won't go much into it, but I don't know exactly why they did it. Yeah, it's just like a long process to like just fuck with nature. Yeah. Especially because it's no, like a yeah. natural thing that happens as long as they like created the dam themselves. Yeah, they just got rid of the dam. But uh, yeah. you know what? Just human beings. Yeah. So just we're human so annoying. Ninety nine percent of the time we're just annoying as shit. All the beavers are like, fuck. Yeah. And now they're kill. no longer jacking off. Now yeah. they're like, What the fuck, humans? Yeah. You just got rid of our real life pornography. Yeah. Poor our beavers. natural pornography. Poor vaginas. Yeah, it's sad. Okay, so now before we move on to who the next people bought this bought the grove, I'm gonna talk about something called the stockade case that happened around this time. Um, so, uh, semi like also history to this history. We all know that after the Civil War happened, you have the Reconstruction era. Okay, okay yeah. the Reconstruction era referring to the South, how the S- South needed to just you know reconstruct as the entire like you know economy system that they were based on which was slavery got abolished thankfully and we had to just rebuild um uh, with that so there are these people that were called carpetbaggers which carpetbaggers which was basically people from the north who supported the union and supported like you know uh, supported abolishing slavery would go to the south and move to the south and then like you know 
just take control there. Um, okay. They were multiple times they were sent there by the North, et cetera, et cetera. Don't need to get that into a, a, a bit, but this is actually sort of in, important to the story that I'm about to say. And then this story is important to actually some of the haunted history. I know this <laughs> is a so lot. Many layers. I know. I'm sorry. This actually is like a little cool. So no, I'm like, I'm totally loving this. So You're just like, like, this is what carpetbaggers are. Um, there are varying like carpetbaggers who came from the North. They had varying uh, motives of just total selfishness because like even sometimes states from the North or the government, like the federal government would send them down specifically so that it would maintain control of the South. Okay. Because still most people, even though they were defeated, were like, fuck you, Confederacy. I mean, we still have literally people driving with Confederate flags on their goddamn cars. In 2019. It's fine. So. It's not fine. It's literally not fine. It's not fine at all. It's not fine it's at all. It's the opposite of fine. It's the literal opposite of fine. So um, these people were called car- carpetbaggers, okay? So as you can as you can sort of deduce, people in the South really hated carpetbaggers. It was, it's actually a derogatory term that was uh, coined by uh, Southerners to talk about Northerners that would come to the South. There is a carpetbagger by the name of George W. Smith. He came through the town of Jefferson to rest before moving on to a different location. After being there for a few hours, this is a quote from him, he declared to a, to a I don't know how a group of people heard him declare this, <laughs> but he basically said ex-slaves would never be freed until Jefferson is burnt. So he comes through. So I didn't okay. actually mention he came through with four ex-slaves with him that were just like working for him now, I think. Okay. And then um, this is just the, this is basically the shot heard around the world in this or the situation. He said ex-slaves would never be free until Jefferson is burnt, basically commenting on the probably racism that was still there at the time. Okay. So this obviously pissed people off. Yeah. So George Smith, along with his four, like not, I guess not his, but four freed slaves uh, were barricaded in a local, in the local jail uh, while union soldiers that were escorting them were surrounded by a mob, an angry mob that night. Okay. Okay. So they're barricaded and they're trying to wait out the night so they can leave in the morning. The angry mob eventually gets to the Union soldiers, disarms them, then comes in, takes uh, George uh, Smith out, and they shoot him. They literally just shoot him in the head, kill him. Okay. Then it is important to know that this local jail is super duper duper close, like a block away from uh, the grove, from the house that we're talking about, this haunted grove, the haunted house we're talking about okay then the four freed slaves the mob took lynched them down the same road that the grove is on and also lynched some of them in the or killed them i don't know they like there are different discrepancies between the articles um they lynched them or killed them on the in the house like in the porch of the grove i don't know the exact exact like uh, validity of that um but i just know that they were killed at least on the same street and very close, or at least on the grounds that the grove is located on. Okay. Jesus. Yeah. Ridiculous shit. That's crazy to me. That's just so wild. Yeah. So this actually, from this point on, um, in most of the history of the grove, people already know or think this is just a super haunted place. Cause they're like, fuck because of this one incident called the stockade case. Um, basically called the stockade case is because the union shoulder union soldiers made a stockade to put to like, you know, barricade everybody in the jail or George uh, W. Smith and the, the four freed slaves. Okay. okay. So um, sorry, trying to move on, but that was very important and just had a lot of explaining behind it. 
Um, so back to turning over the house to new people. Eventually, the two sons of Frank and Minerva. Um, Minerva was the one who died, you know, and then Frank was the one who lost his cotton business because of the rivers. Okay. Uh, they basically own the house on and off uh, over the next five years. At one point, they even give a family the house, and then for six months, they own it. And then for literally no reason, they're just like, we don't want this house. Bye. And leave. And there's yeah. literally no explanation. It's because it's haunted. Yeah. They're I'll give you that explanation right now. Yeah. They're literally like, what the fuck? We don't want to live here anymore. Bye. And then they're like. Ghosts. Yeah. Literally like the the children of Minerva and Frank are like, what the fuck? Okay. Why? And then they're like, yeah, because bye. Fuck you, ghosts. Okay. Then we move on to the Young family. Um, on March 6th of 1885, Charles and Daphne Young purchased the Grove. Um, they were an African-American couple and the and they had been born into slavery as children, but now they own a house. Oh, my God. If that's it was not so, like a great story. Yeah, I know. Like, sorry, like we're making it cute and we're just white and we should probably shut up. But it, again, like we shouldn't overlook stories where it's just like underdogs or people who are oppressed finally get to be human beings. You know how good at that least must to feel? One, you know, at it's least like, on this point. It's like you're born into slavery and it's... Like your wildest dream is to be able to like one be free, and oh, yeah. two be able to be free and like own a house, and then like. Or you just years... know you just think you'll die before that'll ever happen. Yeah, and then like thirty, forty years later, it's like you're sitting there looking at your partner inside your home, like oh my god, that's like you know they're just they're just you're so like, proud fuck. of themselves. It's, it's such like a surreal feeling, like yeah, the, like oh my god, like, like look we can't at even how imagine. much the world has changed. In the past few years and like look how much i have changed and i can like have this house be with my partner in this yeah. house it was it was really cute to see um next to this part on wiki too there is a picture of um of charles young oh cool. and he's like this old man just standing outside the the grove standing outside the house the grove just standing there like this is my house bitch he's like <laughs> fuck white people yeah I'm fuck like, white yeah, people i own this you're damn not house. wrong yeah <laughs> and everything we just said is probably fuck white people yeah, we're aware that we're the problem. Yeah, in this story, we're definitely the problem. In almost any story. Very true. So Charles and Daphne basically live in this house until they die. Uh, Charles dies in 1938, and then Daphne dies in 1955. But they do have uh, children, uh, two main children. One is uh, a boy and one is a girl by the name of Luis. Um, the boy is not really in the story that much. His name is James because actually in 1908... He uh, committed suicide in the house. He hanged Wait. himself. Okay, no, that makes sense. Okay, go on. Sorry. So yeah, he hanged himself in on the back porch Oof. in 1908. God damn. Yeah. Um. It was really sad. Um. And then his his nobody really knows where James is buried because he's not buried in the family. Ooh. Um, graveyard. Is that because so he committed is, suicide? Yeah, it might be because of that. That might be like a religious thing that they did it, or just a superstitious thing. I don't know. Okay. Um, sad. Yeah. So they're sad actually like so like I mean, there's just an unmarked grave to this day on the Grove land where somebody who committed suicide is just buried. Yeah, that's so sad. That's shit. like a hundred percent hauntings. Yeah, you're fucked. You're haunted. If somebody commits suicide and they're buried on somebody's land with an unmarked grave like you haunted that's 100 percent haunting right there uh, again i said the the dad uh, charles dies in 1938 and then daphne young dies in 1955 um however when uh, the dad dies in 1938 the house is basically turned over to louise um so she basically cares for her mother until she dies in 1955 as we said and it's actually really pretty because uh the mother her name's daphne again 
um daphne loved the garden and she was like i have my own garden you know like a fucking slave like fuck this she takes care of it um and when she died in 1955 they actually had the uh they had the uh funeral at the porch next to the garden and they would all all of them were saying like we are just having this we're like we're having it here so she can be in her favorite place one last time oh my god it's so fucking cute that should go it's like our dream funeral combo that we know that's her dream funeral she had it next to her garden she was living the dream funeral how cute so Luis then died in 1938 at or 1938 1983 at the age of 96. So that's the daughter of the two ex-slaves who bought the house. In 1983 she died? Yeah. So she literally owned she like when her when the dad uh, dies when Charles dies in 1930 something. Okay. He she looks after the house until okay. the mother who loves the garden dies in 1955. Okay. And then she just basically lives there until the 83. Until 1983. So like the, the 80s. The 80s. Yeah. Um. She dies at the age of 96, having lived her entire life at the Grove. Um. This is really spooky, according to oh, like God. all accounts and people who talk about Louise. The entire time that she lived in that house. She was okay, um, like when she was living with her mother and father. But when her mother died, every year she, they, she just get increasingly more impar- paranoid and frightened, as oh, she God. would see like apparitions and shadows move around her house. <gasps> she would think she she would oh, see God. people move outside of her windows and around her yard at night, and so much that she got multiple like dead bolts and deadlocks installed in all the doors. And then at the same time, got uh, like floodlights outside of her house to show into her yard. Holy shit! Because she was so scared, because she would see um, these. Be- she, these she things. Thought, yeah, she thought. I, I'm pretty sure she was on to the fact that they were ghosts. But at the same time, she w- she was so scared of seeing them so much that she was like, "I need to take like real precautions because Holy maybe shit. one time it is going to be a real person. Like I don't know." And so, like, yeah, she did that, and that's, like, that's like a real thing. Like, she got floodlights installed. She got deadbolts in all parts of the house. Uh, she said she would even call the police on regular bla- bases complaining about, quote, unquote, prowlers coming in Ew. the house. Yeah, so she was, like, terrified. Ew. She even, like, as she got older, and this is probably more because she got older and was living alone, she, like, reclused herself to, like, one or two rooms in the house oh and then just didn't take care of any other part of the house. Oh and uh, most of these articles would say that's because she was scared to go to other parts of the house, but I'm just going to say it was because she was mother fucking 96 years old oh my you know? god but it is really sad yeah it's just old people this is dying a sad alone. story yeah just old people dying alone really sad oh this is yeah. my nightmare um so is it old and and you're also in a haunted house yeah right like almost it's alone like probably most whammy. of the time that's so sad it's my nightmare yeah that's so sad um then in 1983 a couple named uh colonel colonel david uh, david m grove and lucille grove um, I know it's more of a coincidence that they're named Grove and they live in a place called the Grove. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. Um, they bought the house and immediately began cleaning up the place. Um, eventually, Colonel Grove was then di- diagnosed with a rare form of dementia known as, as Binz Wagner's disease, which I've heard I've heard of before. Actually, for a long time, people thought it was Alzheimer's because it basically okay. sort of has a lot of the same symptoms and stuff like that. I don't know exactly. I just looked at it. And for like decades, they thought it was Alzheimer's and people would get, you know, wrongly diagnosed with that. But the treatment is a little bit of the same helpfulness. But at the same time, 
Ben's Wagner's disease, just like Alzheimer's most of the time in most cases, is untreatable or uncurable, but you can like treat it and like, you know, do something to help, you know, but it's uncurable or something like that. All I know is so far your entire segment is my worst nightmare. I know. Whether it's like (laughs) dying alone, evil, like crazy shit happening in the property. Being stuck in a like house where just like apparitions are moving outside your windows all the time (laughs) fuck that and then like okay like let's say you're not that person you're the next person you have dementia or like or whatever it is or the the similar so this there's a there's a story about how he probably got this disease this is horrible yeah i'm so So shook up (laughs) one night before bed uh miss grove lucille okay so miss grove she said that she herself, this is like her mostly talking about it. And this is how the accounts goes on all these uh, articles. She basically was planning on having a one quote, one on one with the good book. Uh, but she fell oh. asleep somehow. And it like, she tried to, she like, she said she grabbed her book and then sat in her bed and then passed out before she could open it up and read it. Oh. And then later that night she awoke to disembodied voices and footsteps. Ew, in the ew, house. ew, 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 ew. So she even said she saw figures moving around and then looked above her and saw a giant black mask hovering above her head. Um, She said that um, it basically came down on her and enveloped her. And then at that moment, she, it like disappeared and she came to, it was sort of like in a dream sense, maybe possibly a sleep paralysis sense, who knows. Um, but then she says, I, I'm going to say this is probably not true because I only saw this on one article. Okay. But it says that this is, they said that shortly, like very shortly after, like days later, is when Daniel started to become sick with the uh, uh, Ben's Wagner disease. That is some movie shit right there. Yeah, that's there. movie shit. So I was like, mm, I don't know if I'll believe that. Uh, I'm going to believe okay. it because I'm but, having But it's fun. more fun. Yeah, it's more fun. I'm having it. so much fun. <laughs> so I, this is some movie shit. Yeah, it's like total movie shit. Um, so then, because uh, they get sick in January of 1990, a chef by the name of Patrick Hopkins buys the house. He basically turns it into a restaurant that is actually super successful for a good number of years. But then eventually he has to close it and then turn over the house uh, to somebody else in 2002. Um, we'll come back to Chef Patrick Hopkins because he, Chef Patrick Hopkins, so Patrick Hopkins and... Uh, the Groves, as well as the Youngs, and that was the African American family that lived there. Yeah, yeah. Those three families are the most attributed to the shit that goes on. Okay. Okay. Or they're evolved to do it. Also, re- remember Minerva from way back when, before the African Americans even bought the house. Um, Who's Minerva? Minerva was the wife of the dude whose cotton business was failing. Oh, okay. And then okay. she died in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she she'll come up too as well. So, um, basically bookmarked, 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 bookmarked bookmarked four times right there. Y'all that's the history. Literally, this is the last thing I have to say for the history. So in 2002, um, it was bought out by its current owners, Mitchell and Tammy Whittington. So basically with all this history, um, legends have claimed that there are multiple unmarked graves on the property as well as shootings, violence, and hangings that mostly come from the stockade incident. So just to recap all of why I said all this history is let's focus on the fact that there are unmarked graves on the property. There have been shootings, there has been violence, and there have been hangings at least on or next to the house and or land. You are screwed, (laughs) fucked, you're haunted, just run. You're motherfucking haunted. You're done, you're done You're motherfucking haunted. Unmarked graves, violence, shooting. Yeah. 
like fuck fam like fuck there's even reports and I, I i saw this twice but i couldn't i didn't know if it was specifically related to the stockade incidents but there's also reports of just somebody 100 percent just being racistly lynched on the back porch that used to exist on the house yeah just like 100 percent. i don't know me. if those that is 100 percent true so i'm not gonna really put it in there because to me uh, with my recent sensitivity to just thinking that everything's on an Indian burial ground and how that's like a little bit cultural appropriation in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to just like take somebody's being lynched as like being racist. Yeah. I don't want to take that as making something more spooky. So just saying that that was said a couple times, but that could have easily been made up. So I'm not sure, super sure. Still like I am just, I'm Pikachu gasping. Yeah. The like there's so much going on. That this area has witnessed. Has seen. Yeah. yeah. Like Jesus Christ, um. So oh my God. now how, let's get to the happenings. Um, if if you're new listening to this, I just call when I just start to list off what what happens or have like little short two line stories. That's what I put under happenings, and then when I get into the hauntings, that's actual stuff that has like you know a story. You know, I can actually like give you a beginning, middle, end story to yeah. what's going on. Um, let's do so this, Daddy. we have basic bitch shit. Basic bitch shit. We have sudden odors that appear in many rooms in the property. Basic. Some reported smelling a <laughs> basic. So <laughs> if we ever go to haunting and I feel like a cold spot or basic. I feel, yeah, I'll be like, you're basic. The demon's like, oh yeah. <laughs> we get thrown across the Yeah, room. right. You okay, Corey? I'm like, basic. Basic. He's like, ah! <laughs> I'm like, we'd, we'd hurt, be, but basic. We'd be very frustrating for people to be possessed. No, to be they would know I was scared. I'd be like, <laughs> you're so basic. I would be frustrated. They'd be like, yeah, but Corey's scared. I'm like, Corey, sh- you like, turn around. I'm like running away already. I'm like, basic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep. <laughs> um, so we have uh, some reported smelling a woman's perfume. Basic. basic. Well, others have encountered a more unpleasant smell of body odor as if coming from someone who has not taken a bath for a long time. Basic. Basic. Um, people can hear the tightening of ropes on the <gasps> port. Not basic. Oh, my God. You can hear the tightening. You know, like, yeah. like when ropes swing. <gasps> yeah. So they can hear the tightening or swinging of ropes on the porch or in the bathroom as the bathroom now used to be the back porch. Um, and this is also where the, as I said, like the ex-slaves are rumored to have been hanged, et cetera, et cetera. But we're not going to go into that much because that's not 100% true. I did, I did, I do know for a fact, though, that the four ex-slaves okay. that were with uh, George W. Carpetbagger dude, uh-huh. they did say that they were hanged either on the road or the property because it was so close to the jail and that there are actual mil- okay. military reports. So maybe it was on the balcony. Then. Yeah. So it could be on that porch. I don't know if it's exactly on the house, but it is at least on the grounds. And there, they, literally there was a note saying there are actual military reports of this. So regardless of the exact location on the property, haunted as fuck. <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. Not basic. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. basic. Not basic. Um, heavy mirrors have fallen. This is cool. Heavy mirror. This is not basic either. Heavy mirrors have fallen off the wall without explanation and have landed without breaking or crushing the object beneath them. That's what? crazy. That. So like huge ass mirrors just fall. They don't break. But, it's but even the shit that they fall through or on, they just fall through. I, I don't know. Could you imagine seeing that? I'd be like, we're haunted. <laughs> I'd be like, hey. I'd be like, I would like pull out a cigarette and be like, yeah. I'm and, done. And like start packing as I'm like, congratulations on Spook. Yeah. I'm <laughs> that like, was new. I'm like, new one someone tell james wan about that i'm like original 
Very so, underivative. I'm like... <laughs> 10 out of 10. Rated R. <laughs> rated X rated for my pussy. NC-17. For my scared ass pussy. Right <laughs> okay, so lights go on and off in the house, basically. <laughs> and the chandeliers have reported to sway, even though people have reported that there aren't drafts coming through. Oh <laughs> I like that we're trying to say most of this is basic or not basic. But any when, of this would scare the shit out of like, me. But like anytime you like move suddenly and I hear a different noise, I'm like, <gasps> what is that? <laughs> I'm like ready to like punch a ghost tip. I would be so scared if literally any of this happened. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would probably start crying. <laughs> I would have cried with like number one. Like lights go on one. and off in the house. I would I would stop living in that house. <laughs> Let alone if a mirror didn't shatter after it fell. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um so when the house was a restaurant, which was when the chef dude yeah, bought yeah. it. Um, who I told you to bookmark a bit. Uh, a waitress uh, walked out of the kitchen into the hallway and then was attacked by a black and white dog and basically it was knocked onto the ground. She gets up off the ground, runs directly back into the main part of the kitchen where people are, and she's like, oh my God, a white and black dog just attacked me. Hold on. And then immediately the owner, uh, Patrick Hopkins, the chef, runs out into the immediate backyard where the dog ran away and there was just no dog at all. Like they on. couldn't find a dog. So oh it was just God. like a basic, uh, you know, like a, not a basic, but a hellhound. A basic bitch hellhound. A basic bitch, a border collie hellhound. Oh black my hell. God, that's so cute. That'd be so cute. Oh, you can kill He's like, me. come on, come on. I'll hell. be like, yeah, bitch, take me to hell. Come on, let's go. Let's go to hell. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. He's like, okay. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Dogs. Um, also during a candlelight tour that they do um, currently, I think still, um, there was a couple visiting from Dallas, and they took pictures uh, of the Christmas lights on, um, on one of like the neighbor's house ne- next to the grove. Um, and their photo showed, um, like in the background, there was a lady in a high collared, puffed sleeved white dress surrounding, <gasps> surrounded by a ring of smoke. So they, it's literally just like this normal ass, just like picture of these lights on the house. But then there's just like this woman standing there, just like looking at the picture, just surrounded by a ring of smoke. I tried to look up uh, an act, the actual photo of this, and I couldn't find it. Couldn't find it. So who knows? I don't care. I'm believing it. But it's spooky. That'd be spooky. Um, also, wet footprints have appeared in the middle of the hallway, um, even though it's not like raining outside and there's like no plumbing leaks. The drops of water have also been found just like sitting on the staircase or just dripping from the ceiling at random ass times for just like no, no reason at all. Um, also, uh, one time, a, uh, somebody who was running the house at one time or running one of, one of the rooms, uh, said he was looking out into the garden and saw a little girl. Oh no. Playing in the yard. And then literally went outside to like, you know, be like, what the fuck's up little girl. And the girl was gone. I'm just totally not even there. Just totally vanished. Oh, literally like the the girl looked at him. No. Like she stopped playing, stood up, looked at him, and then just vanished. I'd be like, okay. I'd be like, yeah, so I'm moving. Yeah. I, I would, get it. I would be so, I'd be like, thank you for not being scary, but like I'm done. But also like not thank you. Yeah. For like, not being not scary. Like also thank you for not thank you for existing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I saw all this happening, I'd be like, how many, number one, how many goddamn ghosts we have here? Number two, I'm moving. You're like I'm fucking moving. Um, also shadow, fi- shadow figures have been seen in the garden many times. Mostly it's striding like uh, just like streaking quickly from like, you know, one spot of vision to the next spot of vision or not spot of vision, I guess. 
um, as well as many parts of the grounds. People will just see like apparitions, like, you know, gliding from tree to tree and shit like oh that. Yeah. Just like seeing shadow figures in the darkness. And there's the like woods. a million ghosts here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Um, also in a story, I re- this is fucking creepy. In a story that I read of, of like recent investigators that went there, uh, this is in the '90s actually. Particularly, this is in the late '90s, um, before the the chef dude sells the house in 2002. Okay. So it's somewhere in the '90s or early 2000s. So it's currently a restaurant. It no, it was a restaurant during the '90s into the early 2000s. Okay. And then in 2002, the it, current people just bought it, and I think they just live there. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Go you. Good for you. <laughs> You're fine. So during this time that the chef owned the house, uh, he would rent it out and people could come and do paranormal investigations. Nice. So these two women. Gay. Yeah, they're, they're fucking. <laughs> they fuck. They, they fuck come them. and do. Uh, they come. They come. They, oh. And, uh, and do paranormal investigations. But there's this one part that, that she describes as she is walking up the stairs to the attic. There's no lights on. They just have <gasps> flashlights because, you know, paranormal investigators. They are walking up into the attic and she turns and looks into the attic. It's not, it's like as big as this room she about says. And it's just full of chairs, open (gasps) chairs facing them. And one of them has a man sitting (gasps) in it. (gasps) Yeah. She literally says that she just turns and looks and sees a like shadow figure of a man sitting in one of the chairs, just fit looking at her. Oh my God. So When she shines the light on it, it disappears. <gasps> that would be the most terrifying thing in the world. I feel like I have, up. I have goosebumps. I am. I'm shook it. It's so disgusting. That's so disgusting. I'd be like, I quit. Ghosts are real. I'm no longer a paranormal investigator. Fuck this. Yeah. Like, like, fuck that. Fuck that. Um, now let's go to the the hauntings, like the main hauntings, and we're going to focus mostly on Hopkins. This is the chef dude. He says that it wasn't long before they got into the house that the they were able to like sense a dark spirit um, oh going God. on or just like a dark presence or an evil presence. Um, multiple men that also worked on the house along with him said that they would have nightmares and they that would wake them up every night at 3 a.m. Oh, God. Um, these visions were so intense and like the feeling of like being watched and scared that they couldn't go back to sleep. Um, it says that Hopkins, his sister, who also helped work on the house and his nephew also were like subjugated to this, like waking up at 3 a.m., feeling like what the fuck is going on and then not being able to go back to sleep. Um, Hopkins' niece... And her friends also one time recalling seeing a black man lying down in the street. And it's important that he's black um, because as they went to go see and help him and see if he needed help, uh, immediately the man disappeared. Um, And people believe that because it is a black man just lying in the street. And I think there's like some articles said they were in older clothes um, is is that they believe he was from the stockade. Uh, incident that happened. So he's one of those men that was killed just because he was black. Oh my God. So now finally we get to the lady in white. I feel like every single thing you said is like, but wait, there's more. Yeah. So this is the last (laughs) one. None of them are too scary. I think that chair thing is the scariest. But it's like every single one though is like different enough where you're like, it's a different thing. That's interesting and weird. Yeah. It's not like the same ghost that's doing it all. It's like also different. Oh, it freaks me out. Yeah. Freaks me out. Okay, so the lady in white is somebody that is seen or is just a ghostly apparition that is seen many times by a lot of people. Oh, God. Um, it was, I think it was mostly first seen by Hopkins, and it was seen as he was opening the restaurant. He basically just saw the apparition of a woman walking around the house. Uh, she follows mostly, like, the same direction, like, the same, I don't know, pathways, mostly. 
And one of them is mainly makes makes her walk through the wall. Um, but the thing is, is that the back porch used to be a back porch. But then when the African-American people that 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 moved in, uh, like the ex-slaves, yeah. they uh, and then the, the guy, the, the son killed himself. Um, they then turned it into a uh, bathroom. So her, her her ghost walking through the wall is not at that time walking through the wall because when she lived when Miner- or when this person lived, uh, who ends up being pe- most people think is Minerva. I told you to remember her. Yeah. Um, she's the People's wife March. of the dude who had the cotton the business. Yeah. And she died in the house. It is believed to be her because at the time that she owned the house or she lived in the house. Uh, it was just a back porch, so she could walk through the door and get into the house, but it now just is a wall or something like that. While while rehearsing a dinner theater, a light technician uh, was on the front porch looking through through the window, and then suddenly uh, she felt someone staring at her. <gasps> so she quickly glanced to the right, and then standing on the east side of the house by the porch was a lady in white who began walking behind the east side of the house. Oh, my God. Um, so this girl basically chased her <gasps> and turns the corner of the house, but then sees uh, nobody. Like, everybody was gone. So she just turned, saw a woman and dressed in old shit, and then, like, followed her around the corner, and she was gone. Um, also that same night, an actress portraying the heroine came down uh, the stairs. When she reached the bottom of the steps, she glanced to her right and saw a person, person in costume she was not familiar with standing in the corner. She goes up to this person <gasps> to ask if she's okay. And then immediately the, the woman, as, as the woman looks up at her, disappears. Oh my God. That's creepy as Ew, fuck. I have literal chills. Yeah, imagine being body. like backstage down in a basement and then see that. I would kill myself. Absolutely not. Yeah. Also, there are na- former neighbor people that there's just like these. It's just a lady and then a, a sister of the of this lady that used to own like one of the neighboring houses. Okay. Um, they said that they were standing at, at their house, like standing on their porch at nine o'clock at night, and then saw a glowing white figure in the yard just like moving around the yard mul- on multiple occasions just like nope. zooming <laughs> wee, <laughs> wee. i would have so much fun just like ghost. zooming like casper around their yard Cute on multiple casper, occasions the friendly ghost. um also it, those lesbian paranormal investigators that we were talking about yeah, yeah. that we've canon made them lesbians yeah because it's more fun it's way more fun um she said gay. that one of them when they there was a picture of minerva in the house still and when she looked at it, she felt like a ghostly, like a cold gust and like a ghostly figure passed through her when ew. she looked at it once. Ew, 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 yeah. ew, ew. So that's The Grove. Um, it's really fun. A little spooky, a little actually scary at points as well. That man. Pretty it's fun. It's just so haunted. Yeah, there's just so much shit that's going on. That's just what's on. so strange. It's like it's not one particular like yeah. haunting or the same haunting over and over again. It's like every single haunting was a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, and they all have like weird, like not all weird of them have all it. the same tropes to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just like weird ass shit going on. They could each be their own little horror film. Yeah, true. Because they all don't belong in the same film. It's like Annabelle film. creation or Annabelle comes home. Totally. Yeah. So I was originally going to do today's episode on the Highway of Tears. However, <laughs> yes. after I started researching the Highway of Tears, I realized this is a lot bigger of a case than I really... Yeah, that could easily be a combined episode. Yeah, and like, like I really understood how big the case is going to be. So I was like, okay, like this deserves more than just 
like you know my 10 hours of research or whatever mm-hmm. so i was like okay like i'm just going to put like a pin in this and do this later because i really want to find the right angle for me to present the case to you guys and i had like six different ideas and they're all so confusing to me so i was like it's not fair to our listeners yeah. so i'm just putting a pin in it and i'm going to really think about it yeah, search ponder too. and pray and really figure out the right angle to approach it and figure out how many episodes I should use to cover it, things like that. Because it's it's huge. There's even like serious. conspiracy theories surrounding it, like what happened yeah, or like, what is happening. There's for sure going to be Patreon episodes just based off of like case files based yeah. off of my either one to three Highway of Tears episodes. I'm just trying to figure out w- my angle. Because I just want to make sure, like, every single time I approach, like, a true crime thing, I, I always read the true crime from, like, multiple different articles. And I try to find the angle that would work best for me to present it. And so the highway of tears, I'm just trying to figure Journalism. it out. So today, instead, I decided I'm going to focus on Catherine Knight. Because it was just a easier, straight to the point, just better overall um, case for me to cover today while I take the time to do the Highway of Tears because I think the Highway of Tears really deserves a lot of time and a lot more episodes. Not saying that these victims and people don't deserve multiple episodes and stuff. I just think the Highway of Tears, for me, as someone who's reporting it to you, like I need to take more time with it. Makes sense. Okay, so Catherine Knight. So Catherine Knight was born on October 24th, 1955 in Tenterfield, New South Wales, Australia. So her mom, Barbara Ruffnan, was married to Jack Ruffnan, and together they had four sons. So Barbara had an affair with Kent Knight, and shortly after, their super conservative and small town found out about the affair, freaked out, and drove them out of town. Damn. So together, Barbara and Ken, they left their old families behind, um, and they had four kids together, including a set of twin girls in 1955. Catherine Knight was the younger of the twin girls. Okay. So that's some background on Catherine. So in 1959, Jack Ruffin died. So Jack and Barbara had to take on Barbara's oh, original shit. four sons. So there's like a huge Brady Bunch family full Damn. of like resentment and all that good stuff. Lots of drama. So Ken Knight, he was a raging alcoholic. He Surprise. Was violent and he would violently Surprise. rape Barbara up to 10 times a day. What? He would violently rape her ten times a day. Ten times. Ten! Same. I, I don't even want to be serviced by Bradley Cooper and Jake Gyllenhaal ten times a day. I know! Ten times a day. So Barbara, she didn't know how to cope, so she decided to turn to her daughters and tell them about what was going on as a like emotional release. So it's like whenever like we talk to each other, just like bitching things like, oh, my God, my life's so hard. She would like go to her daughters and talk about the explicit Imagine details of like the Imagine being like 12 rape. and, and your mom your comes mom up to you. tell you that. She's like, oh, my God, so your dad came up to me today and raped me nine times and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's, it was so obviously Shit. the girls are getting the daughters are getting fucked up from the very beginning. Um, the mom would also explain to the girls how like her being violently raped all the time made her hate sex, which is natural and like a part of being raped especially 10 times a day so like the daughters from a very young age were starting to get a very skewed and unhealthy um, look on sex and things like that and also on rape because they were looking at their mom getting raped violently every day and not understanding like is there a difference between rape and sex is there a difference between this and that so it was fucking them up from the very beginning um, now, it wasn't long until Ken Knight started rip- raping his daughters, including <gasps> Catherine Knight. 
the woman we're talking about today. Other family members raped her as well. What? Now, Catherine, she obviously from her fucked up childhood, she became a bully in her high school and would usually beat the shit out of boys or beat the shit out of even teachers. Um, When she wasn't assaulting boys or teachers, (laughs) she was a model student. Like, she had high grades. Like, she was totally great. Like, when she didn't want to flip out on someone, she was a great role model. Um, when she was 15 when she was 15 years old, she left school. She started working at a clothing factory. Um, a year later, she left to start uh, a job, which later she referred to as a dream job, where she would cut up meat at a butcher shop. Um, there, she was quickly promoted to boning and was given her own set of butcher knives. Um, at home, the knives were hung over her bed so that they would always be handy if I needed them. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy on at least four levels. If I rolled up to someone's <laughs> house and they had knives over the bed, I'd be like, yeah, I'm taken off. Bye. Yeah, bye. Remember? Oh, my God. Remember when we were looking for rooms after 486 and we went into that one place and the dude had like halloween decorations oh my god but like satanic halloween decorations <gasps> all over his room i forgot about that completely. i was like how could you fall asleep i would be so scared i would be so scared y'all he had pussy. like demon so heads hanging from his ceiling by chains like over his head like you know when like cribs have like the um spinning decor like yeah over a crib? yeah 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 it was like that but it was like demon heads and bones no joke <laughs> y'all it was it was the craziest shit i forgot about that completely. like to each their own but like how do you even sleep at night i would be so scared yeah <laughs> so that's like the same with Catherine, except hers was knives <laughs> jesus christ so Catherine, <laughs> it's a mobile yeah she, right sorry what they're called mobiles Right? I don't know. I can't think of the name. Aren't they child mobiles or mobiles? That sounds wrong. It's like, that's just not, <laughs> We're looking that's up not now. right. Bitch, you tell me I'm wrong. It's not mobiles? I think it's a mobile. Child mobiles? <laughs> that's not right. There's no way. It's called something different. Hanging device over, ba- over crib. Wooden mobiles. <laughs> it's got mobiles? Look. What do you call something that hangs over a crib to distract babies? Ah. The object is called a M-O-B-I-L-E. Ew! <laughs> that sounds creepy to me. Yeah. I, you know, it's called I, mobile. I definitely referred to that as something different growing up. I don't know what it what is. What would it be? I don't know. Hanging demon device? Yeah, right? They're okay, all creepy. So going back to some murder... So Catherine met David Stanford Kellett in 1973. Okay. So David, he went through a lot of trauma in his life. So some examples is his best friend was killed in front of him in a hunting accident. Damn. And if that wasn't enough for one person to go through, he also watched a train hit a school bus. And he had to go into the school bus and pull out either the injured bodies or the dead bodies of children. Fuck. So this guy was fucked up. So he had a really fucked up life. So obviously he turned oh to God. drinking to help him numb his pain. And so he had a drinking problem. But you know what? It. Duh. Like I would have a drinking problem if I That's witnessed. That's a valid drinking problem. Like if I watched Corey die in front of me, get shot and killed in front of me. And yeah. then I watched kids get killed, hit and killed. You see like a truck full of kittens get hit by. Yeah. I yeah. would 100,000, 666% have a drinking <laughs> have problem. A drinking so problem. David Stanford Kellett, it's fine. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so he was 
known to get into fights and Catherine would back him up so she would like fist fight people with him. Fuck yeah. So you know, fighting and alcohol equals a dream romance. So they got married in nineteen seventy four. Hot. Now they arrived at their wedding completely shit faced and blackout drunk on motorcycles. <laughs> Same goals. So that's like total goals right now. Total goals. It's quickly going to like not become goals, but like for this very second, it's goals. <laughs> pause right now. So like pause goals. Okay. So then Catherine's mother, we're no longer on goals. She like during her wedding toast <laughs> said, and I have in quotes here, you better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her and she'll fucking kill you. That was like her wedding toast. I'm okay with that. If my mom stood up, she's like, Jordan, you better watch or she's going to fucking kill you. I would be like. But like what? if we're all shit face at the wedding and she does that, I would just be like laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why everyone. If that's anyone, why I'm not invited to Chana's wedding anymore. If, if someone's like, Chana's going to kill Jordan. Corey's like, aha. <laughs> and then I killed Jordan. I'm like, God damn it, Corey. <laughs> okay, so this is my dream wedding. So it's it's drunk motorcycles, drunk you know, toast, create drunk toast, mm-hmm. talking about murder and oversharing, oversharing, <laughs> definitely projecting some shit. Like oh this god, is, this yeah. is the dream. Oh god. So Catherine, after their wedding, um, she tried to strangle David. It was actually on their wedding night. So the mom's toast was accurate. <laughs> <What> <laughs> <laughs> it's so not funny what the fuck is going on <laughs> it only gets crazier from here okay. let me just warn you and i'm so drunk and just crazier from here okay so the mom just gave their toast they left the wedding reception they go to their honeymoon suite and Catherine tries to strangle why David. well they had sex three times but she wanted more. Oh, and more. she hates sex. No, no, no. The the daughter likes sex. The mom hates sex. Got it. The got daughter it, got likes it, got sex. Got it, got it, got it. Catherine, the girl we're talking about, likes sex. So she has sex with her now husband three times. Hot. He fell asleep because he's, he's tuckered out. He fucked her three times. He yeah. came inside of her three times. She was not happy that he fell asleep. So she tried strangling him to wake him the fuck up and, like, you know, <clears throat> she do her. Um, and from here, she only got crazier. Damn. So during their 10-year marriage, here are some examples of how cuckoo kachu she got. So one time, she burned all of his clothes and beat him with a frying pan because he came home late from a dart throwing competition. Yeah, I would just walk immediately back out of that house. So he did never flee. Come back. He fled to the neighbor's house, and he was later treated for a severe fractured skull. This poor man. So police wanted to charge her, but she manipulated the fuck out of him, so he didn't end up pressing charges, or he ended up dropping the charges. It wasn't really clear. But regardless, like she manipulated the fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. So in May of 1976, shortly after the birth of their first child, her name was Melissa Ann, um, David left her for another woman, and he moved to Queensland. Good. So Catherine couldn't handle it. So the very next day after he left, she was seen pushing her new baby in a stroller and was violently shaking the stroller back and forth so that you could see the newborn baby's head slamming against the stroller, against the stroller just shaking, like shaking back and forth. She was admitted to the St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth where she was diagnosed with postpartum depression, and she spent several weeks recovering. After she was released, she then took Melissa, the two-year-old girl that she was just shaking, she walked her out to a train track, put her baby on a train track, 
walked away no. and then picked up an axe, walked into town and started threatening to kill everybody in town and was swinging the axe at everybody in town. Meanwhile, while she was swinging the axe, some casual rando dude oh, was walking God. by the train tracks, heard a newborn baby crying on the train tracks, oh, ran, grabbed the baby off the train tracks within seconds of a train coming and just s- flying by the exact spot the baby was sitting at. So he saved the baby's life while Catherine is swinging an axe around town, threatening to kill everybody. Damn. So Catherine is arrested. She was admitted again to St. Amos Hospital. Um, she pretended to be okay, and she signed herself out the next day. Now, if this wasn't enough, she then slashed a woman's face. She took a boy hostage and then threatened police with a knife. She was then admitted to Morissette Psychiatric Hospital, um, this is when police informed David of all the incidents that's been going on. So he then proceeded to leave his current girlfriend, come back into town, move in with his mother-in-law to try to take care of Catherine because she's because to him he, he was obviously experiencing. To him, she he thought that she was experiencing some like mental break and wanted to take care of okay. his daughter and thought like this was fixable. And so he moved back and he moved back to completely support Catherine. Damn. She was released on August 9th of 1976. She was released into the care of her mother-in-law and David. Now, on March 6th, 1980, she gave birth to another daughter, Natasha Marie. And then fast forward four years, um, and then Catherine... Sorry, let me re-say that. Sorry, I wrote that weird here. Mm-hmm. So fast forward four years to 1984, and Catherine eventually left David and moved out. So for whatever reason, David came back, stuck by her, and then she decided to leave him. Okay. Now, she got a job as a butcher again, but she injured her back, so she had to go on um, the disability pension. Two years after that, she met David Saunders. So David moved in with her and her daughters. Wait, after another f- David? Yeah, isn't that weird? That's so weird. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. I kept every time I wrote it, I was like, "Am I like fucking this up?" No, it was David Saunders. Okay. Unless like the article fucked it up, which I don't know. You never know. Happens. So David Saunders, David number two, he moved in with her after a few months of dating, uh, but he kept his old his old apartment just in case shit was gonna go wrong. Smart move, Smart David move, Saunders David. on that one. <laughs> Uh, because Catherine started like kicking him out all the time because she was convinced he was cheating. Like anytime he would come home, like not right on the dot. Like if he came home at seven or three instead of seven, she'd be like, you cheating bastard, get the fuck out. And like beat the shit out of him. He would leave and she'd go to him and be like, I'm so sorry. Come back. And then he'd go back. And it was like this whole vicious cycle. Yeah. So I'm really sorry, Corey, no, for what I want to see next. And I'm really sorry, listeners. And I'm really sorry, Channa, because no. this next part sucks. Dogs. Dogs. No. So in May of 1987, <laughs> she held up the two-month-old puppy in front of David Saunders and proceeded to slit the puppy's throat as a threat to David of what would happen if he ever cheated on her. I would stab myself with that same knife. Yeah. And then I would kill her. Yeah. Same. And say I killed her in self-defense. Amen. After she slit a puppy's throat, she took a frying pan and knocked David Saunders the shit out. He was completely knocked out. After she she slit a puppy's throat. She slit a two-month-old puppy's throat. Why should I even continue this podcast? Somebody who can that? like do that just should not be walking around. I know. A puppy 
You fucking asshole piece of shit. Jesus Christ. So for whatever reason, because manipulative, abusive relationships exist in this world, he stayed with her. And a year later, they had their daughter, Sarah. Um, They bought a house together. How could you, like, I don't think I could fall asleep next to... Someone that slit a puppy's throat? On so many levels, I could not fall asleep next to somebody who slit a puppy's throat. I know. Like, the most innocent creature on the earth. I would never feel safe. And, like, a two-month-old puppy. It's innocent as shit. It, like, can barely walk around. This poor man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, abusive Yeah, abusive relationship just, works. They go both ways. Yeah. And it's so sad for that person who is, like, feels like they can't leave. Exactly. So they had their daughter, Sarah. They bought a house, and Catherine then decorated the house with animal skins, animal skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, boots, what machetes, rakes, pitchforks, meat hooks, Anything you'd find in a butcher shop slash BDSM shop, it was all over the house. She actually covered from floor to ceiling was covered in these things. There was not one inch that was not covered in some form of this poor man. bone or knife or leather jacket or shit like that. So one day, fast forward, Catherine and David got into a huge fight. So she hit him in the face with an iron and then stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. That was, like, the line for him, so he ended up moving out. So when he moved out, she cut up all of his clothes and destroyed all of of his possessions. She then went to the police and pretended that he was beating the fuck out of her, that he was threatening her life. So the police ended up issuing a restraining order against him. So she, like, flipped the whole situation to the police and acted like everything that she did to him, she acted like he did to her, and the police believed it. So a year later... Um, She met John Chillingworth. So John Chillingworth is kind of a quick one. He just got her pregnant. She gave birth to her son, Eric. Their relationship lasted three years. All sorts of abuse was happening during that as well. Um, Towards the end of their relationship, she started an affair with John Price, and she eventually left him for John Price. And this is the main dude that we're talking about. Okay. So John Charles Thomas Price was born on January 6th, 1955, and he was the father of three kids. His marriage ended ended in 1988, and his two-year-old daughter stayed with his ex-wife. The two older children lived with him. Okay. So, John, he worked in, like, the mines. He was, like, a miner. Not, like, underage miner, but, like, he <sighs> yeah. worked in the mines. Um, and he made pretty good money for that. Like, he was really comfortable, totally middle class. Um, and Catherine was really comfortable with that. She loved dating a man that had money. I mean, don't we all? <laughs> so, yeah, the girl. So the beginning of the relationship, like, it was pretty perfect. Like, they seemed like they were happy. They were in love. It wasn't violent. But as soon as Catherine proposed marriage to John and he declined the marriage offer, everything took a turn for the worst. So for revenge, Catherine sent photos of out-of-date medical kits that John had allegedly stolen from work, and she sent them to his boss to get him fired, and it worked. He got (gasps) fired, even though he worked there for over 17 years. So he freaked out because he found out she was the reason why he got fired, and he kicked her out. But a few months later, she manipulated him and moved back in. What? Now, in February of 2000, which is so weird to think that the year of 2000 was 19 years ago. Jesus. Um, yeah. Catherine stabbed him in the chest after an argument. He survived and took out a restraining order. Um, she continued to harass him and threaten him and talk to him. It got to the point that he, he even told his friends that if he ever were to go missing, it was because of Catherine Knight. 
um, and she killed him and was responsible. So his friends always kind of knew that in the back of their head. Now, eventually, as abusive relationships go, they ended up getting back together. Again, abusive relationships are no joke. It's Damn. so sad to me yeah. that these things happen. Um, but this time, it ended with... Murder. Murder. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so it was a typical night for John and Catherine. She made dinner. They Poor watched dog. TV. They cu- they went upstairs together. They had crazy ball slappy sex. They went to bed, but Catherine was not satisfied. She looked into her nightstand that was right next to the bed, pulled out a butcher knife, and then proceeded to stab John Price 37 times. Now, according to blood evidence, John woke up while she was stabbing him. Oh, I've, I've seen this. Ran down the stairs, opened the front door, started to run upstairs. She caught him dragged him back inside and then he ended up bleeding out in the living room floor while Catherine prepped for her next steps. She then picked out a knife perfect for filleting cows and pigs and went to work on his body. She took off the entire skin, including the face, ears, scalp, and neck and made a skin suit. The only skin she left was a small one inch square um, that was around the scar from her original stab from like a few, like a year or two prior that was the only thing she on left his on stomach? his body. Yeah, like on his chest or stomach. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. She then proceeded to decapitate his head, like from his body, and then filleted his butt cheeks for meat. Then she hung his skinless, headless, and assless body from a meat hook that was hanging in the living room. Then she called up his kids and invited them over for dinner the following evening. She then... Proceeded to chop up potatoes, carrots, pumpkins, beet, zucchini, cabbage, squash. And then she started slicing up the butt cheek meat, the ass meat. She then made a gravy using some of his body fat and the head because she boiled the head with zucchini and cabbage. Ew. And she had it all sitting on the stove like a fucking Sunday roast with veggies. She then set the table. She placed name cards on each plate. One name, one name card for each kid, and then on the back of the name card, she wrote spiteful notes towards each child. She then made herself a plate, ate some ass roast and head gravy. She took some pills, and she passed the fuck out. The next morning, John failed to show up for work, um, so his boss called the police, knowing that John said before, if I ever don't show up for work and go missing, you know, it was probably Catherine. The police walked into John's house and found Catherine passed out on the bloody floor. They looked up and saw the skinless corpse. They smelled death, blood, and a pot roast and veggies. They walked into the kitchen to discover John's head floating in a stew pot with zucchini and cabbage, his ass roast with veggies inside of the oven. Luckily, police got there a few hours before John's kids, so John's kids did not need to eat their father. Oh, my God. Up. that's so fucked this up this is why i told you i wrote the word the term ass roast yeah. like 10 times <laughs> today cheeks, yeah ass. i get it's so weird how much she did but then never went that far what like i want to say it's so weird how she took so long to snap yeah and like i'm like i can't believe she did that but that's just so generic to say but it's like i can't believe she did that after doing so much other like crazy offensive shit that's yeah like like what after so many men like what was that night like what was maybe there wasn't anything special about that maybe she just mentally snapped and that's probably what it really was is she just like she broke that night 
And, and like she. But like she's obviously been into flaying meat. And, she's been into it her whole life. And wanting to kill somebody. Like yeah. you could tell. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But why did it take so long? For I, her to snap. Yeah, what the fuck? I don't know. So despite so intense questioning, Catherine originally denied having any recollection of what the fuck happened. That no, night. kill her. She After, slit a puppy's throat. She, yeah. So bitch, she slit a puppy's throat. So who gives that, a fuck? If I was the if I was the prosecutor, that's all I'd say. I said this bitch cut a puppy's throat. Rest my like, case. Guilty death penalty. And I'd look go. at the jury and be like, Are you gonna now say that some puppy killing bitch, bitch. <laughs> isn't guilty? <laughs> The jury's like, shit. <laughs> Good argument. Bye. <laughs> Good argument. I just I just walk out of the court. <laughs> Mic drop. Slit a puppy's throat. Psh, fuck the victim. Puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're laughing. <laughs> we're obviously kidding. We are kidding. So she to she told the police that she had no memory of what happened. She had no memory of how she uh, she had no memory after the sex she had with him. She ended up trying to kill herself the following day, like after being intensely interviewed. Um, after she attempted to kill herself, she was sent to a psychiatric hospital. About a week later, so on March 6, 2000, she was charged with the murder. During her stay at the hospital, she was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and was found fully competent to stand trial. Good. So she had the the borderline personality disorder, but she wasn't like insane. Like that personality disorder doesn't make you cuckoo kachoo like you still understand what the fuck you're doing and you understand the consequences okay. and like the morals behind it so her trial began on october of 2001 um during the trial justice barry o'keefe offered the 60 jury prospects the option of being excused due to the nature of the photographic evidence um so which of five accepted so they dropped out pretty much um, more and more continue <laughs> and I out. would not be those five. Yeah, I would stay to the fucking very end. If I was like, I get to see photo- photographic evidence of what a skinless, assless, headless corpse hanging from a meat hook. Sign me the fuck up. Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> so more and more and more and more and more and more jury continue to drop out. Because They're like, the but then you have to see the puppy. I'm like, okay, I quit. I'm Literally. Done. Yeah. So <laughs> I quit. <laughs> every jury member dropped out because of the puppy incident. Yeah. And uh, story. <laughs> eventually, like so many juries were dropping out of the jury, ended up being completely dismissed because Whoa. it just wasn't going to work with, like a jury trial. So Catherine then like last minute decided to actually change her plea from not guilty to guilty. So that changed the rest of the course for the whole entire trial okay. because now suddenly the judge just had to sentence her pretty much. Okay, good. So on November 8th, Justice O'Keefe um, sentenced her to life imprisonment refused to fix a non-parole period and ordered that her papers be marked, in quotes, never to be released. She was the first woman ever in Australia's history to be sentenced to life in prison with no option for parole. Damn. So Corey has her sex life. (laughs) Damn. Not that crazy. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) That's fucking ridiculous. Isn't that wild? Like, what was her problem? How what made her like? What made her do snap that? that hard? Yeah, like she was obviously into. Well, it's she was, just so. It's it's not what made her snap that hard. It's like what made her snap that hard that time after being so crazy for so long. Yeah, it's like she was cutting up animals since she was young. She slit a puppy's throat. She slashed a woman's face. Abducted a boy. Shook her daughter. Put her daughter on the train tracks. 
abused multiple men. She's phys- yeah, physically and sexually abused multiple men. Maybe not sexually, but maybe probably. Probably. Yeah. I mean, like an an abusive relationship, forcing them to have sex, or she's going to hurt them. That yeah. is sexually That's assaulting. Sexual abuse. Yeah. And so yeah, like she's done this for, you know, years and years and years and years. But something about that night made her snap. It's like it all just it was like a and then boiling just so goes so head. crazy far. Yeah, like she skinned him, decapitated, cooked him, and she was she ate him. She ate a plate of him, and then she was eat, she planned it so his his own kids would eat him. And, and then, then like wrote nasty shit about that. Yeah, she's like fuck you, you cunt. Like, <laughs> how crazy is that? Oh my god, it's wild. Okay, question, Jenna. Ass steaks. If you were one of if you were one of those children, would you want to know what she wrote about you? I would. Oh my god, me I too. I would so want to for the drama. <laughs> I'd be like, bitch, tell me. I'd be like, you did this, my father. Tell me what you think of me, you crazy bitch. Tell me what this puppy slit and yeah. <laughs> ass cheeks. She's eaten. like, you dirty slut. I'm like, yeah, you fucking whorebag yeah. bitch fuck. I'm like derivative. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I would love to know what she would have to say about me. Right. Jesus it would be Christ. so cuckoo too, because you know, like she was so past the point of no return, like gonzies. Her notes must have been crazy crazy just like they probably didn't even make sense they were so yeah or like crazy just like idiosyncratic just like super focused on like one little part of that person yeah totally what the fuck yeah so i would want to know what she said about me but then i would talk i would think about that every day for the rest of my life that's true (laughs) it would traumatize me this is very true (laughs) but it's crazy that she did that but i was explaining this to jordan earlier because i had to just talk to someone about it so let's just imagine this is gonna get gross okay if we haven't already gotten gross. So you're a police officer. A boss calls you. A concerned boss is like, hey, can you go check up on my cowork- on one of my employees? You knock on the door. No one's answering. You kick down the door. And you walk in. And immediately you're hit by a skin suit. So you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? All disoriented. Then you look up and look over to your right. And you see a skinless, assless, decapitated, bloody, muscly corpse hanging by meat hook on the living room nightmares immediately and you smell blood and death decay and then you smell roast and veggies and so i would never have roast and and so you're like what the fuck is that and then you're like and like you look down and you see this bitch passed out in a pile of blood in a pool of blood knives everywhere and you walk back to the kitchen and you see a, a decapitated head on a, in a stew pot, like this in a like, casual pasta this pot. This is like a Cronenberg film right it's now. It's so bizarre. What the fuck? You see like a, a decapitated head in a pot of boiling water with cabbage and zucchini. And you look and you see ass cheek steaks with potatoes and, and carrots and squash and pumpkin and everything like that. Damn. And you look and you continue going on because at this point you have to keep on going, continuing going on just to see the rest of the crime scene. And you walk into the dining room and it's a perfectly set dining room table. With name cards and that should be and wine glasses and things like that. Like it's all set and ready to go for a dinner party. Knowing that the dinner that was going to be served was the Children. meat from the skinless, headless, assless corpse hanging in the living room. Damn. Imagine if you're a police officer and that this is the exact scene you'd walk into. That's not cool. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. How could you not go vegan after that? How That's could so you, crazy. How could you not, like, I would quit my job, go to therapy, and probably, it would be hard to eat again. It would be hard to do anything again. It would be hard to have roast. Yeah. Especially, like, smelling the roast. I don't think I could look into a pot of stew. Yeah. I, I couldn't eat meat again. Just or 
walk by a living room with the lights off at night. Yeah, don't do anything that or involves hooks. existing. <laughs> or meat hooks. Meat hooks already should freak everyone They're out. They're already a little creepy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. People kind of describe her as like the the Australia Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, pretty much. Because it's very similar to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm actually decided I'm going to do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for Halloween. Ooh. I decided today. But yeah, so that is Catherine Knight, Australia's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Damn. skin suit murdering cannibal bitch. Damn. Yeah. Bitch. Crazy. I'm so much more sober now after talking all this. I am like a different human right now. I was so oh, drunk. You were, you were like, I'm done, Jack. And now I'm like, I'm here, everybody. Let's do a podcast. Yeah, that's a crazy ass story. Yeah. That's so weird. She must have like lost it on she some level. It. Yeah. Because it's so. It's a mental break. It's so like malicious to what she was doing. It was so like, I'm not only going to do this crazy ass shit, but I'm going to take it like five steps further yeah and it's not like she she didn't fillet his skin and like meat in a frenzy she was very meticulous about like she took her time she cut vegetables yeah like it was like a it was like art it was like i imagine like classical music was playing in the background she was like tiptoe through the yeah literally like it was so it was just like a 50s housewife that just murdered her husband and was still prepping dinner for the kids that's 222 crazy um sex life yeah i mean it's been two days since the last time we talked right like three or four days three or four days we see each other every day though i didn't really do anything super interesting since then i mean i oh i watched uh part seven yeah i watched part seven new blood or the new blood of friday 13th part seven that was fun i actually really liked it i don't i don't know if i I haven't looked at the consensus yet, but the the final girl, um, she basically brings Freddie back from the dead through her telekinetic powers that nice. she has. Same. <laughs> same, same, same. Yeah, me too. Um, it's like a mad lib at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that literally, I was like, okay, that's how horror films are going now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, and it, but it was pretty good though. I, I liked that she could sort of fight back a little bit. It was a little interesting. And then like, even sometimes Jason's like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> it was pretty good. And then I started like for 20 minutes, uh, the famous infamous Friday 13th part eight, where, uh, Jason ends up in Manhattan. <laughs> same again, same. Like it's so ridiculous and stupid, but whatever. Horror films are so bizarre. To it's me. I love it. I love I, horror. I love it. It's the best thing ever. So, have you heard of the horror like Netflix service Shutter? Shutter, yes, yes. Do you have a Shutter? I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Shutter in the next month or week here. Because I have been getting Facebook ads like no other oh, yeah. on Shutter, and they're so good. Uh-huh. Like they are. I want to like go to their marketing They've, team. Yeah, and like and like make out with them yeah they've they've super blown up too in like the past year and a half it's like cool. it's they're awesome because yeah. it's very like indie horror films. again we have not been paid by shutter in any way not okay. yet shutter not yet, bitch but yeah i saw them i saw on instagram and so i want to talk to you about it if you like 
are if it's like a good service because like you know oh, there's is. so many like shitty streaming services out there no so it's, i was like it's oh not. shutter like good yeah i tried it like a few years ago and i was like okay this is a little shitty but i'm pr- hope this will get better and now it's better and then i tried it like at the beginning of this year and i was like i love this but then i was like i'm poor so does shutter only have like indie films or does it have the cl- does it have it like- has literally everything so now. like the conjuring 2 yeah like okay it wouldn't have like the conjuring 2 but like it would have something semi equivalent to that. Okay. Um, like for example, for example, they'll have a lot of obscure things. Then they'll also have a lot of indie horror movies that are old and also from new directors. So like from the Shockwaves podcast, uh, Rebecca McKendry, uh, she she's one of the co-hosts there. I think she has hers that she did last year called All the Creatures Are Stirring. I think I believe it's on Shutter or it's going to Shutter. Um, but then again, there's like now this this huge zombie flick from Japan that just came out last year in Japan and was like super big. It's called I think like One Shot. I forget the name of it's it. It's right called now. Cream Pie Some. No, I'm actually gonna watch it pie. because people are like literally saying it's the best film in recent years. Period. Whoa! Like world cinema. Whoa! Yeah. You're comparing that to. Oscar-winning movies? Yeah, right. <laughs> what was the one that won that was super shitty? Oh, Green, whatever. Oh, Green Book? Yeah, goddamn. Did you see it? No, I, it didn't even look interesting. It was a good movie. It was? It was a good movie. Oh. Good I, acting. Very I didn't, good acting. I was like, eh, I don't really care about it. Because it, it, it focused on, like, race, things like that, and how, like, friendships can conquer racism. True, well. but, eh. And, like, Aragorn's in it from Lord of the Rings, so. Viggo Mortensen? Yeah, yeah. I think what what's so good what's what's so interesting about Green Book is any age group could watch it because my cousin Maddie is the one who actually showed it to me and he's only he showed it to me when he was ten. Okay. So like a ten year old got it. And that's what was so cool to me watching it as I was like, Okay, like this message is great and blah 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 but like this is an adult film that any age group can understand and like you understand what their whole message was and that's what's cool to me that about makes it. sense yeah i was like oh we're like some other movies are so adult and so oh we're so much better than everybody uh-huh we're that makes art. sense we're it just film. won best picture and people were like mm, that was not best picture i don't think it should have won best picture but i do think it's a good movie to watch just because it's true it's it's pretty cool to me that an adult can get the same exact message as like a kid and it means something real. Like it's it's yeah. a good message that's like that's meaningful and like a deep Well and message. like relevant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like it's teaching Maddie like also like, you know, my like younger generation stuff, they don't really fully understand like racism and things like that and like really Because they're like, wait, what? Because they're they're, they're they're kids because they're like, <laughs> they're like wait, what you care about this? this? Yeah, exactly. And like unless they're f- they're going through it and they see it like firsthand. Like a casual little white kid's not gonna understand the hardships that Americans or Latinos or anything's going through. Yeah. So it was it was cool for me to watch my cousin Maddie have that realization. Like it was kind of like a He's big like, culture shock. Oh shit, shock I'm for privileged. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like so he was starting to understand. Like, check his privilege. So it, I think that it's that's why it's a good movie to me is it's making everybody realize their own privilege. Makes sense. No, that's true. Yeah, and it can like resonate with everyone yeah yeah that's true that's a good that's a good uh what's the good but word? oscar winning i don't know about that yeah but good movie though no airborne's in it so like go see it because of that true he's a good actor he's a good I actor like um the one that i'm talking about is called one cut of the dead oh. um so to get back into the explanation shutter 
it will like they will have they will have movies like The Conjuring 2 or something on there, but there's very few of those that are on there at one time. But then it'll have old stuff that were like super good. So like at one point they'll have Rosemary's Baby. It might even be on there right now or like The Changeling or The Shining or something like that. Okay. But then they'll also have a lot of indie obscure things. Is there only and like a set amount of movies per month? Um, no, it's like, a, like, it's, it's like, like Netflix. Netflix. It's literally like Netflix, but just for horror. They oh. also have a lot of originals that have come out in the past year too. And they did like a really cool one called Horror Noir. Which oh. was a horror documentary, uh, but through but like through African American lens. Oh, so it was just focusing on like African American representation in horror since uh, that's a cool the birth of a nation. That's cool. Yeah, so it was actually it's like like a really cool ass documentary. Mm, Shutter, how much a Shutter a month? It's five bucks, six bucks a month. Oh, it's way less than that. Yeah, I'm gonna get it because I think they're putting all of the nightmare on elm streets on it next month to get ready or in september for, for halloween yeah to get ready for halloween um so i'm definitely gonna get it and then there's also a there i believe it'll probably end up on shutter before anything else but because it's made by Blum, it will probably be end up being made by blumhouse it might go to netflix but they are doing a queer version of that and i don't really know for sure but this is because i listened to the attack of the queer wolf and they're okay. also at blumhouse they're a podcast so who knows anyways it's like too much information but i would actually say guys uh this one cut of the dead i've heard multiple podcasts talk about it and they're just like not only is it one of the best horror films they've seen in a long time it is like one of the best films and you said it's a japanese film yeah, if it's a Japanese Was film, it Japanese? it'll be out on Shutter. Um, they suspect it'll be released around Halloween time on nice. Shutter. Right now, you can't. I don't think you can get it anywhere else unless you go on UK Amazon and then buy a region-less DVD. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, is the film in Japanese with subtitles? Yeah, with, with subtitles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm, nice. But yeah, it's supposed to be like super good. Anyways, yeah, Shudder, it, it has a lot of good stuff and cool. in all, like, you know, corners of the film industry. Oh, yeah, Daddy? Yeah, bitch. Corners? Yeah, corners. Industry? Give me, give me those horror corners. Give me those horror corners. <laughs> give me those screaming crevices. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, tomorrow you have a kickball game. That'll be fun. Oh, we're going to see that new Quentin Tarantino film. <gasps> yes, Once, upon a, Once yeah. upon a Time in Hollywood. And yeah. then this next week we're recording two episodes, and then we're going to California. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, well, uh, Chana uh. is. And, going and to then California I have first. to work for another week. And then Corey's meeting me in California. <laughs> yes. But still, we're going to be in California. Yes. We're going to yes. be partying. Margarita's on the beach. Yes. We're recording all Patreon shit in California. Yes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be so great. It'll so, be fun. Yeah, we're going to be in, like, Huntington Beach area, so if you want to chill. True, yeah. And, you if know, you want to get ice cream with us or go clips. to Shake Shack because that has vegan burgers. It does. Would you go there? Yeah, there's a lot of vegan options in Southern California. Oh, that's very true. Because SoCal. That's very true. I never said SoCal my entire life until right then. I literally. I'm ashamed until of Until I family. met Davis and you, I said SoCal, and Davis was like, please don't, don't say ever that. say. Or when people say Cali, I, I want to murder Cali. them. Yeah. I want to Catherine Knight you if you ever say the term <laughs> Cali. No one says Cali. No one says the Cali. Everyone says, we do say Hella. That's I did a real say, thing. I did say SoCal for a long time. SoCal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Today was, tonight was the first night I've ever used the term SoCal. We'll be in Southern California. But yeah, we'll be in California soon. It's gonna be super fun. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Okay, I have some things to share. Yeah, yeah share I your wrote shit. Them down, share so your shit, Chana. What's your sex life like? Okay, thank you, Corey. It's just about ghosts and stuff. So it's important. <gasps> Ooh, 
Okay, let me just. I have I have five things. We have supernatural sightings. This yes, this is a big one. Yeah. For all of, especially for our past listeners who have been paying attention to my depression for the past few months. So Toulouse died in February. Yes. It's been a rough one. Simone and S'mores are finally friends. That was the announcement I forgot to give you guys early today. They're friends. It's mm. great. Mm. So earlier today, you don't understand my apartment layout, so just bear with me as I try to explain it. So the master bedroom, the door is like facing the door and the bedroom where Corey and I like record our podcast. We call that room like the media room. So like both doors are facing each other and there's like a little hallway in between like both doors. It's like a classic hallway with two doors on both sides. Yeah. So I was playing with S'mores and Simone and S'mores like ran, or sorry, Simone ran Which past me. Which room were you in? I, just in the hallway in between both of the door frames. Cool. So, and Toulouse died in the media room, just to let you guys know, just to add some backstory. So the media room's always been a little spooky to me. Um, so I was playing with them with like a feather toy, like one of like the sticks with the feather at the end. And Simone like ran past me to rant and she was sitting like right behind me. And then S'mores was just jumping up and down, like in the bedroom, the master bedroom, like door frame. And then I was playing with her. And then I saw like in my peripheral vision, like this black, like it was like Toulouse. It looked like Toulouse, like run into the media room. And I like froze. And I like looked down at S'mores and S'mores had scared tail and was looking into the bedroom. And I was like, what the fuck? And I like dropped my feather toy and I turned around and looked and Toulouse wasn't there. And I turned back and like S'mores was like creeping up to the media room to where I saw Toulouse run to and paw and like and stop. And had scared tail and Simone was standing there with like big wide eyes like staring into the media room. Yeah. So I think I might have saw Toulouse. I think it might have been Ghostos because I wouldn't have freaked out reacted because I would have assumed it was like just my my vision playing tricks on itself. Yeah. But S'mores got such big scare tail and just froze. Like we were mid playing like nothing was scary. And she just like froze like just like dead froze like in the middle of the floor. Big scare tail looking where I, I saw Toulouse run to. It was crazy. Damn. It was bizarro. Next ghost story. I have three ghost stories, and then I have some sex stories. Sure. Next ghost story. Is this happened to me yesterday? I was driving home from work, and I was on 100 North in Provo, driving towards. So I was right next to the Marriott Hotel. This is important to understand where I'm at location-wise, because it was really busy. There's cars everywhere. It's right next to a hotel. I was doing my own thing, and there's like barely any homeless people in Provo. Like this is Provo, Very Utah. True. And I was, like, less than two minutes away from parking in the parking garage for my apartment. So I was getting there. So excited. I was done with work. And I saw, like, up ahead of me that there was a guy wearing, like, I mean, he was obviously, like, a homeless tweaker guy. Like, he obviously wasn't, like, totally okay. And he was hitchhiking on the road, which I thought was super bizarro to begin with because who the fuck hitchhikes anymore? Like, we all listen to true crime podcasts. You don't hitchhike. And I was like, okay, like, this is a little weird, but I'm just going to, like, keep on driving and kind of ignore him. But then the right, the light turned to red, so I had to stop at the same crosswalk <sighs> that he was at. And he walked up to my window. No. And the whole time... Uh, he was looking into my window and like doing the hitchhiking sign to me literally on my window staring at me and i was like staring straight ahead because i was so afraid i like locked the door and i was like this is how i'm gonna go like there's like and he kind of looked ghostly so that's why i'm i'm clumping this with the ghost stuff so i was like this ghostly homeless tweaker man is going to murder me and i am i can see my parking garage like i am one 
one block away from yeah, being you're, home. Yeah, you're literally like a block away. Yeah, I was like, I'm home. Like, I can see my apartment from here. And this man is less than two feet away from me, staring into my window, staring into me, trying to trying to open the door to get into my car. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's a true crime and ghost thing for you guys. Next ghost thing, because I have so many things happen to me. I already told Corey the story. That ghost girl I saw in the <laughs> yeah. other parking garage. Uh-huh. So to continue parking garage scares. Also like a block south of where this, the last story happened. It's actually probably within the same, like on the same corner. Yeah. Actually, thinking yeah. about it now. Very Ooh. close. Yeah. Jordan and I were walking home from the grocery store and we were walking past this different parking garage. It's not the parking garage I park into, but it's a parking garage. It's on the same corner that I saw the tweaker guy. This is yeah. a few days pri- prior. We're walking and I see this girl head to toe, like veil over her head, everything wearing all white sitting in like a weird shadow in a parking garage, rocking back and forth in like silent. And Jordan and I, I was, I gasped because I was so taken aback. (laughs) It was like 2 PM everybody. It was like mid afternoon. And I was like, and Jordan's like, do you see that ghost? And she was just rocking and didn't even acknowledge us. And I was no, no way quiet gasping and yelling about ghosts and shit, but she was there walking. And I had such like a, horrible feeling of just like dread because i was just waiting for her to like look at me with like black eyes or like a creepy smile or something like that or for her just to disappear or something but that was that it was scary Scary. that's my next ghost story um let's see now onto the sex stories funny one and then a serious well no serious and funny okay serious crazy ball slappy sex it was great jordan was spanking me at the book of mormon hell yeah that's all i needed to know Next sex story is a funny one. So this morning we woke up and we were like so hungover and so dead from last night. But I was like, okay, like I'm going to try to like start giving you handy just to see where this morning takes us. Uh-huh. So I started giving him a hand job like under the blankets with some s'mores. <laughs> Thought I was trying to play with her. So she like did a little like shaky butt and jumped and oh started my attacking God. my hand and Jordan's penis <laughs> <laughs> for me trying to give her a hand job. Trying to give him a hand job. So That's she was hilarious. a hand job kitty and she tried to attack us. And so I was like, oh my God. And we like freaked out and laughed. So cute. obviously the hand job did not happen. That's so cute. But that's all my stories I have for you guys today. Ghost stories, hand job stories. I have a little bit of everything for you Kitty guys. Kitty hand job. Kitty hand job and freaky hitchhiking ghosts. Yeah. You know what he looked like? And I told Jordan this. Like, you've been on the Haunted Mansion ride at Disneyland. Yeah. So, you know, at the end, how there's like the three hitchhiking ghosts. Yeah, but I can't picture their faces. Okay, but I know what you're talking but about. But there's the really tall one. Like, you're imagining him in my head. Okay, well, later, Google, like, Haunted Mansion hitchhiking ghosts. He looked identical identical to the tall one and i mean like identical it was to the point where i was like am i on a haunted mansion disneyland ride like i thought of that the whole time like how he looked exactly like the tall hitchhiking ghost from haunted mansion like like exactly so i don't know i'm either haunted or something crazy is happening but that's in my week it's been an eventful like three days since damn yeah that's an eventful three days yeah it's like three ghosts hand job sex i went to work had sex with seven Ash at heaven's crop top oh shot off fireworks oh cool. yeah, we did yeah we shot off fireworks that fun. was fun um did we talk about the pool party 
Yeah, no, we, we already... didn't. <gasps> oh, yeah. It That's... was fun. I got crazy ass drunk. He got drunker than Almost me earlier. Belligerently drunk. Yeah. It was a little it was a little crazy. <laughs> I wish I was there. <laughs> I apologize next morning to both Tyler and Seven Heavens Crop Love. <laughs> I would I would do anything to be there. No, I'm so it sad was, I was probably there. not pretty. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment here, Corey. No judgment, but also I, judgment. <laughs> I was white girl wasted about forty five minutes ago. So no judgment. <laughs> Um, so that was fun and not fun. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. We've had a good week. Yeah, we had a week. How, so I guess our question to you guys is. Anyways. How's your sex? Ah, Bye. See you guys later. <laughs>